Here we go, off the rails. But you know it's time to raise our sails. It's freedom like you never knew. Any bags, any pass, send a word, I'll be there in a flash. You could say my name is off to you. Oh, we can zoom all the way to the moon. Jump with me, grab coins with me, oh yeah! It's time to jump up in the air! Jump up, don't be scared! Jump up, then your cares will so away! And if you talk outside just words, Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Gaming Den podcast. I am the Fox McButt. Uh, I am joined not with uh, by Glazer this time, um, but with Joffamo and um, first time guest Level Boy. So say hello. Hi, um, Fox. It's a pleasure to be on the show for the first time. I'm actually Joe Famo. I don't know, you may have got me mixed up there. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is I've never been on this podcast before in my life. Um, thank you very much for having me. That's all right. Ah. Thanks for coming, Joe Famo. Uh, and Level Boy, you're, you're, you're our first international guest. Yes, I am the first uh, international guest, and hopefully not the only one. I'm sure we'll find more people. Uh, but yeah, I don't I think I know anyone else from any other countries. Yeah, I was actually wondering that when I looked at the podcast, it says mostly people from Scotland. And I'm like, is that mostly literally just for me? <laughs> no, 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 Alex is English. So oh, right, there, right, there's right. one. Yeah, Alex. That's two. That's two. <laughs> so that's two. Yeah. Um, we're working on that, though. We'll, we'll uh, hopefully get some, uh, some more. Yeah, yeah, no, I am a level boy, yeah. 14 on uh, Twitch and pretty much everywhere else. And uh, happy to be here. Excellent, cool. So we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of stuff. Um, you guys have got games set up that you want to gush over, um, which we'll get to. Um, first of all, though, we're going to talk about what we've been playing, just a new section that we're going to try out. So we're just going to go around and talk about the games that we've been playing since the last podcast. Um, Level Boy, since you're the international guest, do you want to go first and tell us what you've been playing? Yeah, sure. Uh, I've been playing kind of... Uh... Decent selection of game. If I had to clock which one had the most hours, though, it would probably be Divinity Original Sin 2, Definitive Edition. Uh, mm-hmm. Since I pretty much got Systems, Haza, and Joff to kind of all play in our little playthrough, I kind of got that itch back to play this game again. So I also started a playthrough on my own where I'm doing like Troma Death, and I'm playing with like another friend, and we're just doing like two, like we're doing like a co-op campaign because you can do that in the game you don't have to have four people and then i'm playing with like another friend from like D. so i got like four playthroughs going on right now it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> you're a very popular guy when i walked into steam level boy i did see you were playing divinity 2 originally yeah Sin. i, I, I probably was wondering if that was just like a constant for you but <laughs> you're saying it's because you started getting into it again when um so yeah folks like me and level boy and systems and hazard I've been playing Divinity 2, and I think we've had like three sessions so far. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And it's it's really interesting for me because I've never, uh, it's, it's totally not the kind of game I would get into, like on my own. Definitely not. But, um, what sort of game is it for anyone that doesn't know what it is? You want to answer oh. that, Lovely Boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just is... kind of give a brief like rundown. It is essentially yeah. just like an RPG game. It's made by Larian Studios. 
and they make a lot of, uh, I guess the word is isometric, uh, like top-down RPG games. Um, but right. essentially, you, you make a character, you go on like a grand adventure. The game basically opens up with you being arrested, and the world is kind of ending, but that's a, that's a side thing. But you just kind of like, you're trying to escape like this prison island that the uh, the Magister Order has taken you, and they just dump you here. And then as you're sort of going through the game, the story starts to unravel itself and kind of show you like what's actually going on behind the scenes because it kind of keeps a lot of things like hidden from you but if you're paying attention then you kind of like it foreshadows things to come but in the simplest terms it is basically just kind of like a role-playing game but the biggest aspect of it is the fact that you can play with three other people so it's probably the only game that i know of that really allows that type of like pseudo D experience because it has like a narrator you can make choices that have actual right. outcomes and all this various stuff so it can get pretty chaotic and just very very like fun if you're just playing with a bunch of like pals and it's, it's just great yeah 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 that, that is how i would describe it just like D pseudo D, right like i'm, hmm. I'm i i've never really been one that's played a lot of dungeons and dragons um but I did like a couple of years ago, I got in with a group of my pals and we were playing it and that was like my first experience with it. But it can be quite an intimidating experience because there's quite a, you know, there's a lot of like getting into character, a lot of role playing, a lot of like keeping tabs on your own stats and your own inventory and all this and that and what kind of skills you can do and then coming up with creative solutions to things. Um, but I would say like Divinity 2 is like all that, but more accessible for people who traditionally play games because you know you can see everything <laughs> on screen yeah. Uh, yeah and when you pass fire everything catches fire and uh, <laughs> you know uh, you can turn you can turn people into chickens <laughs> it's, it's great that's and that's my that's my one skill and you you even kind of mentioned this today on stream Jeff. but you said that you're not really a big fan of like fantasy games so this sure. is a little bit kind yeah, of like that's that's warehouse so it's just interesting. Like I'm kind of curious about how you really feel, though. Like about kind of like divinity. Like how much? How much are you enjoying it? Basically, what's to know if you're bullshitting your stream or not? <laughs> no, like um, I just like traditional fantasy games, like Skyrim, or I mean, the Zelda games are about as fantasy as I get when it comes to gaming. Um, That's fair. I I've played a few RPG games that are, but by fantasy I mean like that kind of setting you know like elves and dwarves and dragons and castles mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff um it, it just doesn't really do it for me much um but uh i find divinity a lot of fun because of playing it with people that's what that's what i'm saying like i wouldn't have got into it myself i certainly don't think i'd play it as a single player game um but level boy very kindly gifted me a copy whenever i got my pc um in the year there um and like i immediately after our first session once you get like a good group of folk together you're just like yeah this is this is a lot of fun um <laughs> yeah i think like you'll get different things out of the game i'm if you're asking like my honest opinion level boy i may be not like so into like the lore and setting of the 100 percent. that's totally fine and, that, and that's just oh. kind of like the nature of what yeah. kind of like happens when you're first going through this the the lore is just like a, a backdrop 
Like you really yeah, don't yeah. have to pay too much attention to it because the game will tell you the important stuff when it really, really matters. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, there's enough like top level stuff going on that I don't really need to know. You know, there's like a lot of like you can read into, you can talk to characters, you can like interview them, you can like make decisions and turn against them and make allegiances and go on different quests and stuff. It is a very, I can see how you can spend so much time on it level boy because it seems like there's a million and one different ways you can play it um and from that kind of perspective it, i think it's quite impressive because it is very um flexible i think yes to, to like having like four people playing it at once all doing their own thing all making their decisions and the world kind of seems to react around that and um, yeah I I would say I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised at how much I'm enjoying it, and uh, I I'm looking forward to continuing. You you session. actually said something that was like interesting because you said like if you were playing this by yourself, you probably wouldn't go like as far or even play it at all. And mm -hmm. I, I even resonate with that because when I first played this game, even though I am a fan of these style of games, I even struggle with actually completing these big like. RPG games yeah. that all I do is just keep restarting the playthroughs over and over and over again. I never <laughs> actually make any progress. So then I just yeah. drop the game. So I didn't even finish Divinity until like what, like maybe like a year and a half ago. And it's only because I was playing with my friends. We were all just kind of like hanging out, just shooting the shit. And then we somehow yeah, managed yeah. to beat the game. <laughs> I think that makes um, a big difference. I, I think. So see, like, you know, like playing games on stream means that you're kind of setting aside time to focus on one specific thing and try not to get distracted and i right. think that's kind of yeah. a good way to get through a game you maybe otherwise wouldn't sit down and have the patience for I've, I've got a bad habit sometimes when i'm playing games when there's like just a wee bit of a lull my mind will wander and i'll go check my phone yeah. and do things like that um, yeah. but when i'm on stream obviously i can't do that and when i'm like playing with friends right it's like setting aside a, a bunch of time to be like right for these few hours we're going to sit the four of us and we're just going to play this and that's all we're going to kind of focus on for a while so definitely makes it easier to get into a game like that yeah so like, that's the one game that i was playing a lot of this week but i was playing some other yeah. stuff as well like i got back into hades i've been doing just kind of runs here and there that uh, game's nice. phenomenal um and then would you say joff uh, uh for, i was fox have you played hades yeah oh. Yeah, 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 I've played it. Um, I was going to say, I've like, I played it, I've put a good few hours into it now, and I saw you now just pick it up, as you say, just pick it up, do a couple of runs, and um, mm. put it down again. Like, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. The characters are fantastic. Oh, um, yeah. But I'm at the stage now where I'm not going to sit down and play it for six hours. I'll just pick it up and do a couple of runs, but I'm still really enjoying it. So, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a great, great, great game. I'm hoping for some DLC or uh, a sequel. Hmm. Yeah, I would. I'd like to maybe ha get back into. It. I completed the game the first time, and then I kind of didn't play it again. <laughs> it's, right. it's, but I know that it's not that kind of game. Like it's the kind of game where you you want to complete it a bunch of times. And it's it's actually like very happen. weird in how they woven the beating it into the narrative mm -hmm. itself, and even the roguelike element where like you die then have to go back to the beginning of the game. It's like I'm not going to spoil is. it, but basically yeah. you have to beat the game ten times before you yeah. get the actual ending of the game. 
Right. Wow. Which is which is pretty cool. Like and like the game reacts to your gameplay. So if you do a certain thing, then the characters will like reply in that. They'll like commentate on that thing that just happened. So if you got killed by yeah. some bullshit enemy, then there's a specific NPC in the game who will joke about the fact that you were killed by this enemy. Yeah. Yeah. That's all like then even when if you die to someone that um uh, what's his name? What's the character? The main character? Um, Zach. No, the main, the, the main character is not Hades. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, he's the main character, but the person you're playing as yeah. is Zagreus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, so even he'll mention, you know, like, that, I don't know, whatever. He'll make a comment about the thing that's just killed him. And then when you get to that, that uh, enemy again um, in your next run, he'll comment and say, huh. That's I've got payback now or something like that. Like, right, it's so brilliantly written, and, and that's and pretty. Fantastic. And that's really cool because it's good for the player. Because if you fail and you die or whatever, Zag also feels that failure just as much as you feel that failure. So for yeah. him to commentate, the player and the character are now like synced to one another. So you care more about what's going on. Yeah. I think Zagreus is a very interesting character in Hades. Again, not mm-hmm. to really spoil it too much, but like at the beginning, he comes off as just like a, a bit of a, like a self-entitled kind of arsehole character. He's got that kind of vibe about him. But yeah, as you rebellious play, kid. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, he, like he's literally the kid of like Hades and, and you know, uh, Prince of the Underworld. You expect him to be like very moody, very edgelordy mm-hmm. kind of thing. But obviously like the um the setting of the game is him kind of like rejecting his upbringing a little bit and trying to get out of that and you notice that with every like conversation you have with like an npc is actually like quite friendly with most of them right like he actually mm-hmm. like yeah really treats them really well and it's like very polite yeah. and nice and it's kind of like really interesting like again without spoiling it there's like one npc that i've come across where zag is actually still kind of giving them the cold shoulder despite the npc kind of like trying to like help him out in his own way but that that alone is cool because it kind of like gives that player like what the hell happened between these two like why do they have this relationship it seems like they have a history here, but the game's not telling me. Now I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Now I want to play yeah, more. Yeah, it just it adds an extra layer, so he's not just all rosiness and happiness. Like there's obviously a backstory there. It's, it's very interesting. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Very well written characters, man. Who, whoever's writing these games from Supergiant is just yeah. fantastic. They yeah, knock it out in cool. the soundtrack department, the graphical design. They they they're like a triple threat. They got everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I guess the last two games would be like Loop Hero, and then I've been doing mm. Stardew Valley um, on my like chill streams. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you how how many hours are you have you played Stardew Valley for now? Um, I started, oh, yeah. I believe, back in December, because like I went through kind of a bit of a lull when it comes to streaming. And I wanted to kind of just get back into the groove of it. So I said, nah, screw mm-hmm. it. I'm going to play a little bit of Spelunky. And then I'm just going to mm-hmm. go play Stardew Valley. I'm just going to start another former Paul run. And one of my many Paul crazy characters. Um, <laughs> where did so that I come just... from? Why did you start doing... Um... Yeah, where did Paul come from? I was going to ask you this <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> where did it come from? So, so like the story behind Paul comes from the fact... 
earlier, like mid 2020, I went back and played a game called Vampire the Masquerade. And that is an old game that came out like around the time Half-Life 2, I think, came out. So the game didn't do very well because it was competing against one Half-Life and two. Um, It just was pushed out the door. So it was a buggy mess that just should not have been released. But it is such a cult classic amongst like the community because someone, people in the community went in there and actually fixed it up and actually made it playable. So now it's one of those like big games people love. So I went and played it. And one of the cool things about the game is that you are a vampire. And when you get bit, you get to decide which clan you're a part of. And one of the clans is called the Malkavian. And the thing about the Malkavians is that they are basically insane, but they're so insane that they also have what's called like foresight and like, like they have insight into like the weave and they can like hear like these weary like whispers and all of their text is just cryptic, but everything about it is like foreshadowing things to come in the narrative itself. So if this is like your first playthrough, you have no idea what the hell your own character is saying. It looks like almost gibberish. It's like, why am I talking about dinosaurs? Why am I talking about kind of like, you look like you have two faces. That's weird. And the person's like, why are you talking like that? Oh, wait, you're a Malkavian. That makes sense. You're just crazy. So some people like either write you off or they're kind of like, oh, shit, you're a Malkavian. I mean, you have like that crazy wisdom. So, yeah, I played the dude called, he was just called The Paul. He actually had The in the name. And wow. I said that he was like a weatherman, but he was just crazy about it. Um, and then he uh, met a vampire, got bit, and now he's thrust into this world. And he was told very early on about not opening something. And then fast forward to the end of the game, I get to said thing. And it said, don't open it. And I'm like, I'm going to open it. Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened it. I got an ending I did not expect whatsoever the paw is just gone and then that's the end of the game and i'm like well that's not exactly what i uh signed up for i don't want to spoil it because i want people to actually go and play this game because it's very very good from an rpg Mm -hmm. point of view it's just it's it's a little rocky when it comes to the gameplay but it's still very very fun um but because of what happened at the end of that playthrough i love that so much that i basically kind of wrote that into like a meta sort of like stream lore bullshit or essentially the essence and the mind of paul the paul scattered Mm -hmm. across the multiverse and so he could technically appear in any game that essentially allows me to make a character so that so that even goes into (laughs) when i play well which we'll talk about later on rust so i was running around rust being like oh i'm paul my name is paul like this is yeah. the guy. Like I'm just like a news reporter, dude. Uh, so I kind of keep that. I just kind of keep the bit going for all characters, and then it even goes into our divinity playthrough. Where I'm playing a lizard called Policus. So it just <laughs> like I'm a D&D person. I like to come up with like stupid narratives and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of just ran with it. I pitched it to like my first and my first mod, and she was just like, "That's very very silly and dumb." But the more I did it, the more she was just kind of like, "Yeah, no, okay, this is great." <laughs> And oh, that's that really it? cool. That's such a cool, na- like, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And like, so basically, like the thing that I wrote as like kind of a command on the stream that people can type like exclamation point Paul. It just says the legacy of Paul was born the day he opened that box. Don't open it. 
Paul was told not to open it. He did it anyway. The bizarre, <laughs> peculiar man was punished for his curiosity, condemned for having his mind and his body scattered across the known multiverse. He could be anywhere. Each Paul is cursed with a strange insight from beyond the veil. Who are these people giving Paul advice and ideas? The, these people are the people in chat. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get a, a Wayne of merch that says, like, a line of merch. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> We're all Paul and Hart. <laughs> Good ideas. Good ideas. Excellent. Cool. Um, cool. Joff, what, what have you been? Sorry, Joe. Uh, what have you been playing? <laughs> Just one letter out. Um, yeah. Hi. What, what have I been playing? Um, okay. I have. Well. Okay. So. Well, I started off the week. I think I got. I started playing Div, uh, Dishonored two again on stream. I did a wee stream. Oh yeah. Where I played like four and a half hours of Dishonored 2. Um, and that's a very fun game. So oh, it's yeah. um the Dishonored series is one that I totally slept on until I think around when Dishonored 2 came out. Um and then I think I picked up like the special edition of Dishonored 2 that came up with like a HD it came with like Dishonored 1 as well. I can't remember the specifics. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, um, this looks like an interesting game. I think a few of my friends said it was like a lot of fun. They were talking about doing like chaos runs and, and no killing runs and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Uh, and so I played through the first Dishonored and I was like, this is this is incredible. So basically, I don't know, have you both played Dishonored before? Oh, I've, I've never, never played it, no fan. Okay. It's very good. Um, have you played Bioshock, Fox? Yes. Yeah, play Bioshock. It's okay. Bioshock. It's basically Bioshock. It is yeah. stealth um, Bioshock. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, it's got that mixture of like um, it's basically exactly it's got all the same systems essentially, right? Like it's got like um, crazy kind of powers you acquire uh, that are limited by like blue health packs uh, that you need to refill, um, and you can jump around, uh, you can teleport around, you've got massive like you can crawl along walls and um, you can do all kinds of things with enemies and stuff it's, it's set in a really cool setting which is like this like it's supposed to kind of resemble like 1800s uh, britain it's kind of like steampunky victorian looking but with some like some advanced technology and also some kind of like magical stuff going on as well some kind of like dark magic stuff uh, and it's got like um assassination plots and stuff and basically you're trying to clear your name or um hunt down an assassin and stuff um, and i thought it was a lot of fun dishonored 2 so the original dishonored was like xbox 360 era and dishonored 2 was like xbox one you know uh, ps4 kind of era mm -hmm. um and the second game took all of that introduced like a second female protagonist um and set it in a kind of like mediterranean setting um and I remember looking at the gameplay videos of Dishonored 2 when it was, like, shown off. And they showed off this, like, super crazy level that was set in this mansion. And mm. it was this mansion with this, like, uh, tinkerer guy who's who's really into, like, clockwork stuff. And just the level's constantly, like, moving around you. And there's all these, like, clockwork robots and the floors are opening and the walls are shifting. Uh, and I was like, that's so cool. Uh, and then I played through it. And it's, it's honestly one of my favorite games because... Um, you can you've got the freedom so you can go and like super stealthy um there's basically like four different things you can do there's like stealthy or non-stealthy 
and lethal or non-lethal. Um, so you can be like a stealthy killer. You can be a stealthy non-killer. You can be just like say fuck it and just <laughs> uh, absolutely run in all guns blazing and still have a good time. And the second game does that a lot better than the first game. I was going to um, ask about that because I am not a fan of stealth at all. Like yeah. I just can't do it. I just go in all guns blazing, and I've always mm. fancied Dishonored. But every time I've heard about it, people always going about how great the stealth is, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's not my sort of game. But now you're saying you can go on all guns blazing. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And it's maybe like, it's much easier, I would say. Yes. When you're doing non-stealthy, right? Like the stealthy stuff is harder because the levels are kind of designed around you taking some stealthy options. Like there's always like we open windows or we uh, bits you can get through to try and slip past guys or like hide bodies and dumpsters and stuff like that. But at the same time, the game's immediately handing you a lot of powers. Like I, when I played it on stream the other day, um, there's this power that the character has called Far Reach. And it's basically like as if their arm extends a little bit and she can like uh, climb up to things like that, you know, and point it towards like a ledge and climb up there. Uh, but then like very soon you can get an upgrade for that where you can start pulling enemies towards you. And so you're just like pulling enemies towards you. And then as soon as they get close to you, you're like, slicing their heads off <laughs> uh, you get like tons of like grenades and stuff so yeah absolutely if all you want to do is go around killing folk you're going to have a lot of fun doing that as well nice. um, and Actually, it's like super cheap nowadays good. as well so it's a game pass which we'll call it the dishonored so, too about the whole uh, like if you want to go guns blazing and you just basically are just essentially you're being John Wick at this point you're just like mm. going in there and just mm. being like the worst nightmare for the enemy <laughs> eventually the game gets to the point i think they did this in the first game and they probably do in the second game as well if you spend the entire game being like a super aggressive and like what they call high chaos and you just kill a lot of people the game mm. will actually react to the fact that you are playing like this so if oh, you yeah. play the game fox and if you go super like guns knives blazing just chopping people up throwing their bodies and all mm-hmm. that stuff mm-hmm. it gets to the point where the enemies are going to be like okay we're gonna gear ourselves up to deal with this insane threat yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so it's got like a chaos meter right so like the more mm-hmm. lethal you are yeah like level boy said the world kind of changes to react around that i think it was interesting in the first game because the first game had like a thing a kind of subplot where there was like a basically like a bubonic plague there was like rats everywhere mm-hmm. uh, like killing folk and stuff like that um and if you went like lethal in the first game there was just rats everywhere right like by the end of the level there was just rats everywhere man yeah um, and it's kind of the same in the second game there's like these blood fly things that, that eat dead bodies and, and you can end up controlling them and stuff um but your character as well um your character kind of speaks throughout the game like while you're playing like something will comment on things that you see or little things you pick up and depending on how you're playing it you know for me i was i was just killing everything um i'm you're i'm playing like the empress of like the, the empire and uh even in just the few short levels that i was playing the amount of people i was killing she was just like yeah anyone who stands in the way of the <laughs> the, the monarchy yeah. is going to die <laughs> she's just we, we did... out saying she's going to kill everyone <laughs> we did the exact same run draft because like yeah. I did high chaos for Emily in Dishonored too, and I was very surprised to see her like demeanor change because I was playing like this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you mentioned that clockwork level, and mm-hmm. 
that was actually the level I think they showed off in like a cinematic trailer when they announced the game. And right. in that trailer, it's super, super cool if you've never actually seen it. Um, but you see the whole like level shifting around. You see the target just standing at the end of a hallway. And he's just kind of like mm-hmm. mocking Emily as she's trying to like get towards him. And she can't because the level keeps switching around. Yeah. So it's cool that you see that in the trailer, but then you go actually play the game and it's one for one. They do a really good job of bringing what normally is like, you know, when they show cinematic trailers, it's never actually a good representation of what yeah. you're going to do in the game itself. <laughs> That's not the case here. They really like show that like you get to experience what you saw in that trailer. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. There's some like, see if you go on YouTube and, and look for some like high level Dishonored play. You'll look at it and it's like they're playing an entirely different game for you, man. It's mm-hmm. like, um, it's basically like speedrunning the game, but they know where every enemy is. They're putting like little bombs on the walls and they're doing these super creative um, assassinations and stuff. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's a great game. And I don't know mm-hmm. if Emily has the ability to slow down time. I know Kovo does, but I saw one of those like crazy things that people do online, and they would mm-hmm. like shoot an arrow or a crossbow bolt into the air, freeze time, move somebody right underneath where the crossbow <laughs> bolt is, and then reverse time, not reverse time, but like unfreeze time, and then it'll just fall down on them and they die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in Dishonored 2, there's two characters you can play as, and they each have their own powers um, in the game. But if you complete the game once, you can go New Game Plus and you can mix and match those powers in your next playthrough. So you can play as like Emily with Corvo's powers. Oh, that's really cool. cool. A guy you can do and that. And so you can, you can make some really creative like um, decisions in your next playthrough. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's a lot more depth than I thought I had, I must be honest. And <laughs> that's not even mentioning the, if you're really into like the lore and world building, oh, Lord. Um, it's, it's incredible. It's really, really yeah, well done. Um, but I, w- I won't go into that. <laughs> we'll save that for another <laughs> one. I think I think uh, Systems is really into Dishonored as well, so maybe he would oh, love to talk oh, okay. about it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that home. would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else have I been playing? Dishonored. Uh, so I played a bit of uh, Minecraft. <laughs> a, a bit of Minecraft Just last night. Just a wee bit, just a wee uh, four hours in the middle of the night. <laughs> just a casual four-hour session. Yeah. Um, that was that was good because I haven't played Minecraft since I was in university, I think, uh, which was right. essentially when it kind of first came out. Um, I remember it being big then, obviously, but since the last yeah. time I've played it, Minecraft has grown all kinds of arms and legs and systems and... Um, yeah all kinds of new things you can do in it. Um, I think like the most exciting thing I did when I first played it was you could put a saddle on a pig and ride a pig. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now, last night when I played it, uh, we were coming across like witches and swamps and oh, uh, there was these phantom things that were trying to hunt us down because we hadn't slept in a few days. And um, there's oh, all these enhancements and stuff. Yeah, there's just like so much to it now. Um yeah, because you, like that thing, you, I just actually forgot that they existed. Because I like I play Minecraft like on and off, 
And mm-hmm. in one of the playthroughs, I actually saw those things like flying above me. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I haven't played Minecraft in I don't know how long. This was not here before. And I was getting kind of frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> so this was not a thing before. Uh, you can't tell me to go to sleep. I actually had to go yeah. Google it. And it said like, yeah, no, you haven't slept in four days. That's why they showed up. I'm like, that's dumb. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I And I, when I played Minecraft as well, I didn't ever... I don't even know if it was possible in the first few versions, but I never played Minecraft with someone else. Um, it was always a solo thing. Yeah. Um, and so, like, last night when I was playing it, it was, like, the first time I'd ever played it with someone else. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun. And just in just that kind of way where it's, like, when you're playing anything with anyone, it just kind of almost immediately elevates it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah we were doing all of the same things right we were just going down into mines and just like peeking around corners and trying to find uh good good stuff to um chisel out the walls and stuff but um i was just like constantly losing each other and be like oh where are you and then like i was getting jump scares because they were right behind me uh, and i thought they were a skeleton and stuff uh <laughs> We had like a hilarious moment where like a creeper just kind of dropped down out the ceiling out of nowhere and just blew. I was playing with Unenlisted and she just it just blew it up. <laughs> like yeah, I saw we were that. talking and all of a sudden she was just dead. <laughs> uh, it was just really fun. Um, I can see me. I can see why people still love it. Obviously, um, I yeah. can see why it's still such a big thing. But I. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been playing Minecraft as well. I actually started today. Um, so I may as well talk about it as well. But um, yeah, I'm the same. Like I, I've never been very creative and I've always had this thing about Minecraft. It's I always seen it as being half a game. I don't want to build my own game. I want to play someone else's game. Sure. Um, which is the wrong thing to think, I know. But I'm just, I, I'm not very creative. But knowing that we've got our own server mm-hmm. um, and, and everyone else is playing it, I went around and, and looked at, uh, people's houses and stuff at school and i really enjoyed it like i genuinely want to play it right now um like it's just it's hooked me back in i don't know what i'm doing for the most part and um, there's a lot to learn and I've, I've made some mistakes i've died to a fucking flower for fuck's sake um, yeah even that i was completely blown off like that was ridiculous yeah. like why did i got throwing like thorn bushes now this was not here like even like a f- few months ago but the game's exactly. constantly like, changing. Yeah, they just they yeah they, they keep updating it, and it's got it's it's literally got ray tracing. <laughs> um, oh, that's insane! It was like kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's in the the Xbox version. Or yeah, the so version, like the, but... the ray tracing that is the Windows 10 version of Minecraft. Because there's Java yeah. and then there's Windows 10. Windows 10 has the ray tracing built in natively, but if yeah. you want to achieve the same effects similarly, you can actually do it on Java. But you have to like download this program and then you download mm-hmm. what it's called shaders, and that makes the game look prettier. So I got like one of those. Unfortunately, it does like hit the frame rate, so it's not hyperly worth it. So I found but one. Yeah. That that like side of minecraft very weird right because it's like the blockiest game known to man right like mm-hmm. i made a skin the other day for my character before i got onto the server and it's literally like the tiniest little png file you can look at because it's literally just pixels and i'm like and and people are wanting ray tracing in minecraft <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like why <laughs> yeah it's 
it's a bit weird, but uh, yeah, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really hoping to um, that well, no one destroys my house for a start because it's taken me bloody ages to make. Um, mm. But I want to learn. I want to learn how to do it and how to build different things. And it's it's just so in so in depth. And yeah, as you say, like playing it with other people, even though I've not really played it with other people, I just know that you guys are in there or can be in there. It's just really exactly. cool. I really like it. Yeah. yeah really like it. And the, there was one thing I was going to mention. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not sure if Maximilian Plays did this for on the, did this for us on the server, but creep, creepers, they actually blow up terrain when they explode normally. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think he toggled on a setting that makes it so they cannot destroy things, which is kind of well, nice. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, glad that he did that because it is kind of bullshit to be like, oh, I'm just chilling in my house. Then all of a sudden you hear it, and then your yeah. freaking house blows up and you lose your bed. Yeah. Because like I have, I still have PTSD from when that happened to me back when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just vibing in my I made this really cool like mountain base, and I mm-hmm. thought I was like a genius kid. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put like lava like right underneath my uh, my room. And I'm gonna put some glass on top, so you know I don't, you know, fall into the lava. I think it's just cool. I thought lava was dope. And then I had my chest, all my supplies, everything in the room. I'm sitting there sorting through my inventory, and then I exit the inventory, turn around, and I just see the creeper just staring at me. And by that point, it's too late, and he blows up. And then everything that I owned that was in that chest immediately fell into the lava. Oh man! And I'm like, really? This is technically yeah. my fault. Aye. I think like the, the, the server or the realm that Max has set up is a good idea because it's limited to like, I think there's only like 10 people can be in at any one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, you know, sorry to any listeners out there, but I think it's going to be pretty closed off to just <laughs> the handful of us. So I don't think we need to mm-hmm. worry about people coming in and like stealing our stuff or griefing us or anything because... If that does happen, yeah. we know exactly where to look, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do anything like that. Right. Also, just a huge thank you to Max as well, because he actually yeah. paid for this server. Because that's what I yeah. asked in the chat, and he was kind of like, oh, no, I purchased it from you know Mojang. And I'm like, the, the fuck? Like, dude, thank you no. so much. Like, this is this takes the headache of like setting up a server, because you can set up your own free server technically, but it's mm-hmm. it's a whole thing, and you have to like leave it on running constantly if people want to connect to it. So if you do it via the Minecraft realm, it's just very streamlined because it just hosts it back at HQ, which is just nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If we're, if we're all still into you know, like if we're playing it consistently, then definitely I'd be up for chipping in to keep it. Going. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, have you been playing anything else, Joff? Is um, well. Let's see. Uh, I've been playing oh, just the usual, just the usual games. You know, I played a wee bit of Hey Pikmin today, um, which is a, an interesting game. I wouldn't speak about it at length or anything like that, but basically yeah. it's a 3DS Pikmin game uh, that's very different from the usual ones. So there's like three main Pikmin games, obviously. Um, obviously, everyone should know that by now. Um, <laughs> three main Pikmin games are kind of like RTS kind of light games, right? You're like a wee guy commanding a squad and, and it's kind of top-down view and all that. It's like Nintendo's take on an RTS. Um, and then, so 
they, they've all been kind of weirdly released, right? Like Pikmin 1 and 2 came out on the GameCube and were then re-released on the Wii as part of like a, few, a handful of games that they, they kind of added motion controls to and stuff. Uh, and then they, they released Pikmin 3 on the Wii U and we all know how that console ended up. Um, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> um, and the then, attic. Right, exactly. It's in a box Mine's because it's... <laughs> yeah. Yours broke. Like, oh boy, yeah, oh like my uh like a family member just was using it as she was using it essentially as a switch where she was only watching movies on the gamepad itself and oh, she kept it plugged in 24 7. And right. you really shouldn't do that with tech. So like it, eventually it got to the point where like the battery and the yeah. like the Bluetooth receiver or however how it connects to the console itself just stopped mm-hmm. working. I could be standing in front of it and to be like, you're not close enough. Mm-hmm. No. Which is not yeah. how it's supposed to work. No. I and and nowadays there's only like two games on the Wii U that are worth owning the console for because every other game has now been ported to the Switch. Pretty much. Including Pikmin 3, thankfully. Thankfully. It's now on a on a console that is actually super successful. <laughs> um but after Pikmin 3 released and well, you know, Fox, they announced Pikmin 4. They said that, well, they, they, they kind of semi-announced Pikmin 4. Shigeru Miyamoto came to, like, a, a news outlet and was like, yep, that Pikmin 4 is a thing, and we're definitely making it. And that so was, close. like, that is almost very close to completion, I think. It's his exact words. Very close to completion. How with that in, like, 2015? And so being a Pikmin fan, just coming off of Pikmin 3, which is amazing, you're like, oh, this is it. This is the golden age of Pikmin. You know, we just had a great one, and they're already making Pikmin 4. And oh, it's going to be amazing. What are they going to do? And they go and announce Hey Pikmin for the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, we like this trailer, and it's made by, like, I don't even know who it's made by. It's made by, like, a studio that we're not very well, or not highly regarded for making good games. It's, like, R2, I think, or something. Who, who is it? Um, they, made that, they made, like, a terrible Yoshi game. <laughs> um, yeah. and Arzest. Arzest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were making just like kind of half-baked platformers. And so when that came out, or when they announced it, they were like, everyone was like, oh, oh, this is what Miyamoto meant. <laughs> when they said that yeah. Pikmin 4 was in development and was close to completion, this is, the one, this is what they were talking about. And so it landed. The other thing was as well, it came out um, in 2017, a Pikmin. Um, and the Switch was already out at that point. Everyone was playing like Breath of yeah. the Wild on the Switch and they released Hey Pikmin on the 3DS. And it's like, what are you doing, Nintendo? Wait, Why it... do you keep doing this? <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, shit. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. one of the last yeah. like 3DS games released. Oh, wow. And it was just, you know, what, what are you playing at, Nintendo? Come on. Uh, okay. And it was just, it landed with like a complete sour note in everyone's mouth, you know? Yeah. I don't get that about Nintendo because it seems like they they almost treated Pikmin the same way they still treat Metroid, or it's kind of like you like intentionally put it almost in a situation where it's not gonna do well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like the fans, like you don't give Metroid. the fans what they want. Frank, give it a chance. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, um, they definitely should give it a chance. Um, but. So I didn't enjoy the game at the time. I barely even, as a big Pikmin fan, I barely even played it. Um, but 
you know. I don't know if you've heard since the last time the, the, this podcast hit out. I know you were making a bit of light of our plight, Fox, about how long <laughs> we've been waiting for a new Pikmin game, but the Nintendo gods came down from the heavens uh, mm-hmm. and stated that they had partnered with Niantic and are making a AR-focused uh, walking app with Pikmin characters due for release later in 2021. Um, yeah, very exciting. Um, very, I'm, very I'm excited for it. Yeah, genuinely I am. I, I used to play Pokemon Go a lot. I mean, I still do sometimes, but it's just a bit there. Um, but yes, it'll be something nice and fresh. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Do we it's know? Because it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Boy. I was going to say, is it made by the same company that made Pokemon Go? Yes. yes. So yes. Okay, that's really good. So that's exciting because Niantic obviously somehow made Pokemon even more popular. Like, as if Pokemon yeah. wasn't already the biggest franchise in the world. Yeah. When Pokemon Go came out, it just, like, that summer was crazy. Um, that was so bizarre. And I don't have any, like, disillusions, right? Being a Pikmin fan means knowing, you know, what to expect. <laughs> you know, you, you shoot a Pikmin game on Twitch, you're not getting a lot of viewers, okay? It's not happening. Um, if, if the, the Pikmin mobile thing that comes out later this year is even a fraction as successful as pokemon go is we're in for a good time as pikmin fans um so i've went back to hey pikmin with that in my mind knowing that there is a future for pikmin and actually i kind of enjoy playing it today um it's, it's kind of like a nice charming little uh low energy platformer it's got all the pikmin stuff you know it's got the pikmin it's got the enemies it's got the nice music it's got nice visuals it's just not very exciting to play as a platformer, but um, I'll take it. It will take me over until the summer. Exactly. It's funny how some games could be like s- slow burners like that. Like they'll get released to little fanfare, and then a couple of years later, it just explodes. Um, yeah. Like, like well, as we were saying, like Hades that came out in twenty eighteen, and it got absolutely massive in twenty twenty. Um, sure. Like so, yeah. yeah it's, it's it's good. So you never know. Hey, Pikmin could be the next uh, huge success story. I can see it happening. I can see it happening. It's like you know, it's going to be a utopian world by the end of twenty twenty one. We're going to be living <laughs> in a utopia, and it'll be all because of Pikmin. <laughs> Excellent. Like, I've never even played a Pikmin game, and I'm looking forward to it because it's just more of excuses to go walking. I can walk and play a video game. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Uh, cool. Thanks. So I've been playing. I've not been playing that much. Um, if I'm honest, I've been playing Minecraft, obviously. Um, well, so I've been, mm-hmm. yeah, not a lot. I've, I've been very, very busy these last few weeks. So I've not been streaming much. So I play, play Halo. Halo. Yeah, Halo. yeah, people in Halo um, on stream with Glazra, and that's been great fun. Uh, I must admit, like I've never played through the entire. Well, I remember the entirety of the campaign, uh, so we're going to play through through them all um, on heroic. So it's pretty difficult. We've finished the library level, uh, and oh my <sighs> god, it's the fucking worst. It's the worst yeah. level of any game I've ever played. Please give oh, us a full briefing of, of your experience in the library. Wait, so the library, oh. that's on Halo 1, right? Yeah, Halo 1, yeah. The first yeah, one. No, and, I, and that involves the flood? Yes. Okay, yes, then I know, I know the level then, yeah. Yeah, it, it just... 
it's on it's about three hours long and it's just the same corridors over and over and over and over again it just never ends that's disgusting oh, even thinking about it now it's making me feel sick it's terrible game design absolutely terrible what were they thinking it just it honestly why perfect kind of level that you could play while listening to a podcast <laughs> some kind of good amazing like great guests and host talking about video mm-hmm. games That's true. i actually just, I actually just hold like the um it's called the gaming den i think something like that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no it's exactly like that exactly i've heard a bit of buzz and uh, on the <laughs> on the tweets and the forums and stuff it's getting a popularity podcast yeah yeah it is is I heard the host is very handsome as well. So. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't know though because it's a podcast. But it's he true. sounds handsome. Yeah, but he, he definitely he sounds handsome. But I think his glasses are dirty. I don't know. I can just tell. Yeah, he, he needs to clean those more. <laughs> I hate you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Halo. Um, what else? I'm just trying to. I must have been playing something else. But like I said, like I'll be playing Hades, but I'll literally pick up play and do two um, two runs, something like that, and then put it down. Yeah. Um, I'll be playing my Game Boy Advance quite a lot, Ooh. <laughs> which is a bit strange. But I, I am... I, so I'll be playing... I, I was I actually started Sonic Advance, the, the first Sonic Ooh. Advance game. Yeah, um, I quite like that game. That's like it's a, a great legit game. Sonic 4 contender. So it's as, yeah. as, as the first yeah. like portable non-Sega sonic game in that kind of way they actually did a pretty good job i like that a lot yeah i mean it is a it's genuinely a great game the music's great and um, the way it feels is just great it's, it's it's the way they should have went with sonic um there is other ones to play like i think there's three or four on the game boy advance uh, and they're all excellent so i'm really mm-hmm. forward to playing that um and they even and made, like, amy a played a playable character for Sorry. the first time they made Amy, Amy Rose, a playable character. Oh, and yeah, She has, yeah, like, yeah. her own unique kind of play style, which is really interesting. I, I know yeah. I'm probably opening a can of worms here because we have Joff, probably the number one fan <laughs> of uh, Sonic here. But do you feel like Sonic should have never gone 3D? Or are you okay that it went 3D? You asking me specifically? Bo- bo- both. Everyone. Okay. Oh, I'm open, um, yeah. opening it up. They had to. They had to. Aye, they would have faded into yeah. obscurity if they didn't try. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, like, not having released a Sonic game, essentially, on the Sega Saturn. Like, you didn't get it until the Dreamcast. And by that point, Super Mario had went 3D. Um, you'd had, like, Crash Bandicoot and stuff like that. You know, everything right. had been going into 3D. So it was necessary. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I, I quite like Sonic Adventure. I think as far as first attempts go, it, it kind of... It, it took it in a different direction. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the problem Sonic Team have... Sorry, you've opened a can of worms. I knew I would. And I'm speaking <laughs> to someone who actually... My first really experience with Sonic is Sonic Adventure Battle 2 on the GameCube. I love okay. that. That game was yeah. so freaking good. Mm-hmm. So that's Sonic to me. Off the street now, so. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, so I'm going to get into it at some point. Um, I think the problem that Sonic Team have had with Sonic in 3D is that they feel the constant need to try and reinvent the wheel every single time. So you've got like okay. Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 that kind of play kind of similarly. And then they came out with like Sonic Heroes, which was like a weird team-based one. And it's kind of weird and floaty and loose. 
And then it just seems like every single time they try a new 3D Sonic game, it's like they throw everything they learned out the window and try again from the beginning. And it, more often than not, there's a, a few wee hints of something good in there, but overall it's kind of just like a poor kind of messy experience. Right. And I would like to see them like just nail the basics. I think, you know, um, stop trying to go for like big weird grand storylines or weird plots and just make the act of like playing as sonic in a 3d space like i think that's what nintendo do really well right and um, yeah above all else is that like yeah they can have like really cool characters and settings and stuff like that but they, they prioritize gameplay and make sure that the act of playing the game is fun right. um but sonic team are just not quite the same in that kind of way um no. they used to be but nowadays, I think they're a shell of their former self. So we'll see. We'll see. And it's it's funny you actually mentioned Mario though, because we were just playing uh, Super Mario 3D World with Unenlisted right. and yeah. Dean, and I was very much like impressed with that game as we were playing it, because I like I, I got quiet a couple of times because I was like, "Yo, these level designs are like really, really good." It's like and it's this your game first just time feels it, right. Yeah, put more or less. I played like a little bit with my friends back when it first got released on the Wii U, right. but I really mm-hmm. didn't sink my teeth into it. But mm-hmm. this game is like phenomenal. Like somehow so, they so, managed to fresh it up. Yeah. Three, 3D World is like idea after idea after idea after idea. And none of it ever overstays its welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get like a couple of levels based around the same kind of idea. But the way that Nintendo just hit out with that kind of stuff and iterate on it and just, you know, by the end, it's just like perfection. Um, oh, it's admirable. It really is. And like, and I've been playing a lot of retro games, like, and when I play them, I'm, I, I talk a lot about me just sort of like praising the smart level design. It's like when they mm-hmm. introduce a concept at the beginning of the level, very simple. Like I use Donkey Kong as an example. It's like, oh, there's a wheel that rolls back and forth and you can bounce on it. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Move on just a little bit in the level. You now see the wheels rolling on top of spikes that you can't walk on. Now you got to mm-hmm. bounce on all the wheels to get through the level. So that becomes the gimmick for that level. And mm-hmm. I like that Nintendo still has that like intelligent level design still to this day because that game came out way back then that was like night that was like yeah it's Mm -hmm. ridiculous did you ever play 3d world fox oh yeah 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 um i've got on the wii u um and uh, and the switch so yeah Mm -hmm. it is uh, it's really cool i really liked it um and and bowser's fury as well um it's it's really good if you like that sort of thing about level design, um, I really recommend Game Maker's Toolkit on on YouTube. Yeah, um, if you've not seen them, they're fantastic. They're huge fan. He does exactly yeah. what I love. Absolutely, yeah, and exactly the same. So, um, but yeah, you should. Everyone should check them out on YouTube. Um, yeah. Cool. Right. So, the last game that I've been playing, um, I've not been playing that much of it, but. Uh, for the Game Boy Advance, it's called Konami Crazy Racers. Um, oh. Now, I don't know if you've played or heard of this, but basically, it's a karting game uh, made by Konami for the Game Boy Advance, and it and this is controversial. I think it's better than Mario Kart on the Game wow. Boy Advance Super Circuit. Oh, okay. Um, it just looks better. The weapons are cool. The characters are really cool in it. Um, it's quite like chibi looking 
Um, it's just a lot of fun. Um, if you ever get a chance to play it, I, I highly recommend it. If, if you like Super Circuit, um, yeah, as I say, I think it's better. Um, and there's like unlockable characters, Grey Fox from Metal Gear Solids in it, uh, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Wait, what? Is he? Yeah, yeah, unlockable character. It's ridiculous. Can you play as anyone from Silent Hill? Uh, I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> that I've seen anyway. Um, it's got, um, what's his name? Go- Goemon from um, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, the yeah he's sort of like the character. Yeah, yeah, even the, uh, the, the, the title screen or the character select screen is really cool. Uh, you should definitely check it out. Super Mario um, uh, Super Circuit on the Game Boy Advance was like one of the first Super Mario Kart games that I ever played as a kid. Um, right. And I really, really liked it at the time. But see, try to go back to it now. I find it utterly unplayable. I have no idea how I managed yeah. to complete that game. But it's like slipping about over the place. It's just got that kind of, because it's all like 2D essentially, right? It's got that kind of original Super Mario Kart kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it incredibly difficult to go back to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can, I absolutely understand that. I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer, as thus far, that the newest Mario Kart is always the best one. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I think they, they don't age that well. Yeah, they have very little reason to go back to a previous Mario Kart game, Pretty especially much. how great that Mario exactly, Kart is. Yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. Cool. Right, so, yeah, that's what we've been playing. Um, okay, great. So we are just going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with... Um, Level Boy and Joff to talk about their games of choice that they love and they want to gush about. So we'll be right back in just a second. Toasty! Welcome back to the second part of this episode of the Gaming Dead podcast. Um, we are going to now talk about um, games that uh, my guests love. Um, and have a lot to say about. So we're going to start off with Joff, um, and he is going to talk about um, the Spelunky games. Um, so Joff, take away. Spelunky, man. Spelunky. Where to start? <laughs> Where to... <laughs> um, Spelunky is definitely like one of my all-time favourite games. Um, just an absolute masterpiece in game design and like uh, replayability, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know, Spelunky is a bit, it's like, it's a roguelike, so um, you do runs, when you die, you die, you have to start again from the beginning, um, and the levels, although they follow certain themes, um, they are all kind of procedurally generated um, to a degree, and it's, it's very like, it's very designed to be that way um, but the, it's not like everything's totally random there's always like so so essentially there are like four areas in the game in the first game um, and then each of those areas has four levels and each of those levels is maybe made up of like it's like a 2d platformer sorry i'm not explaining this video. <laughs> um, it's a 2d platformer game right uh, and the levels are all made out of like chunks and those chunks are all randomly generated at the beginning of your run but there is always like a, a critical path through the level that you can basically follow where more times than not you won't ever get stuck right you can mm-hmm. as long as you're playing normally you can get through the end um Splunky for me um 
it came out back in like 2012, I think. Um, the original release on console. Um, it, it started out as like a a wee kind of freeware game on PCs, but then the guy who made it, this guy Derek Yu, um, got the money together. Got I don't know. I think maybe even like Microsoft might have like funded this, but in the same way that um, you know how they had like like Summer of Arcade where they made like Super Meat Boy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm almost certain that Spelunky was was involved in some of that or something because for a long time it was an Xbox 360 exclusive. Yeah. Um, and I remember not knowing anything about it. And I remember just sitting in, I was in a different flat in Glasgow. Um, I was in a very different point in my life. But I remember just like being sitting there, kind of bored of the games that I was playing around that time, which, you know, 2012 would have been like, I don't know, Halo 3, like the height of like Gears of War kind of era of gaming. Um, and I was just like, I just want to play like a, just a really tight, just really well-made platformer, you know? Um, something yeah. that I just know is very responsive and stuff. And I was going through the the store and I seen Spelunky and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I kind of like, it had all like hand-drawn art. So it was Spelunky HD. It was like the same freeware game, but they HD'd it. They created new art for it. They tightened it up. They made a whole bunch of new stuff for it. Um, and I looked at it and I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. And I think um, back then, every Xbox Live arcade game had had to have a demo, I think. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Aye. Um, so yeah. I remember downloading the demo, and uh, it was also the, the first time I'd ever played a roguelike of that kind of that kind of game. Roguelikes have since like blown up like massively. Obviously, you've got like, yeah. 80s now, which is roguelike. Um, they, they've just... Um, blown up massively but i would say like Splunky was maybe like one of the first to really popularize the genre in some kind of yeah, ways yeah um and i remember like playing through it the first handful of times like this is interesting this is really interesting to me and um, i just keep wanting to go back and do better and understand it and it doesn't like mm -hmm. it doesn't hold your hand in any kind of way right it doesn't tell you oh this enemy does this whenever you jump on it or you better watch out for this you know otherwise you'll get shot with an arrow it's just like <laughs> Oh, you're like half an hour into a run and you just uh, stepped on a mine, a mine and you blew up. Like, it's pretty again. savage. Like, it's yes. brutal to, to, to put it politely. Well, it's, um, it's very addictive in that way because it's so well designed that you can never truly blame the game for dying, you know? And you're just yes. like, I just didn't know that that is how that happened. So next time I do the run, I'll know not to do that. <laughs> exactly. You learn, you learn very quickly from your mistakes. I would yeah, never forget yeah. when uh, Joff was experimenting back when he was starting out on Twitch. He's like, do you think that the lava dog in Spelunky 2 can walk on lava? He mm -hmm. cannot. He immediately melts. <laughs> <laughs> you would think because he's a lava dog, but no. That was that was so funny. That was amazing. That That's, um, yeah, like Spelunky was amazing. And then when they announced that they were making a Spelunky 2, Oh, you know, like my, my friends already knew me as the guy that just played Spelunky like nonstop. Like my hours in the original Spelunky were were massive. And then they released it on the PlayStation Vita. Um, and that came at the perfect time for me because I had moved to Amsterdam and I didn't really have my consoles with me. Uh, but I did have a Vita 
and so I was playing a lot of like Wii indie games on the Vita and then they released Spelunky HD on the Vita and I was like this is perfect this is the best man having Spelunky <laughs> and Tilt just play it whenever I want um, Spelunky obviously is also notoriously hard because there is like a, you can get to the end of the game right but there yeah. is like certain things you can do throughout the levels where you can go to like a hidden end game kind of area and then truly complete the game right so it's like a optional objectives that you need to complete to get access to that part of the game um, and it wasn't until it came out on the vita so we're talking like maybe like two or three uh, two or three years later uh, that i finally managed to to see the true ending of the game um and at, at that point i was just like oh i'm a i'm a spelunky master <laughs> you feel so accomplished whenever you do that you're like oh this is amazing uh, and then you're like trying to go for all the achievements and then eventually i did like a hundred percent the original spelunky and so when they announced spelunky 2 i was over the moon because it felt like i would truly get to experience all that again um and i, I can i can say with like 100 percent certainty that i did because like what level boy just said there Splunky 2 came out around the same time that I started streaming. Um, and it is how me and Level Boy met, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. right. I think right. Level Boy, you were just, you know, you were you were getting into Splunky 2 and you were looking yeah. around, you were just browsing Twitch, trying to look for people playing Splunky or something. Is that right? Pretty much. It's like I typically, because like I was trying to be a streamer too, I would search from the like, the from low views to high views so okay. i would search from the bottom and then that's when i kind of saw you in the lineup and you had the most like like your design looked the most simple and that was the best because some people just have insane like overlays for their streams and it, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of ridiculous so i just it's randomly so clicked on it and i'm like oh this guy seems cool he's just talking like but he's just like there's no one in his chat but he's just talking like how long has he been streaming he hasn't been streaming like at all what the hell what the fuck like this guy needs to <laughs> keep going so i just you know so we just started chatting away and then here we are now amazing absolutely amazing i remember you coming in and yeah we're just chatting away because it was still like the first like week or so of Splunky yeah. you know and at that point it was very exciting because Spelunky 2 is interesting because it, it basically it, it replaces the first game. Um, once you play Spelunky 2, there is very little reason to go back and play the original Spelunky. Ah, right, it, right. Pretty it takes much. everything that made Spelunky great and just adds like twice as much stuff to it and makes it, you know, there's so much more interesting things in it. Um, all of the new stuff that they added was just so exciting to figure out um and so like level boy said whenever i like came across they added like mounts to the game so like you can ride dogs or turkeys or certain animals um, and you go to like the lava level and you get on a lava dog and you're like well maybe this dog will let me walk on lava i mean the game doesn't tell you but maybe right. i'll yeah. give it a shot <laughs> uh, and then uh, so we're me and level boy were talking in the chat and i was like do you think it will let me walk on lava and then i just immediately I immediately died and <laughs> 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 um, level boy i remember you were i remember it was interesting because you had asked me if it was okay to use some clips of my gameplay of, of us figuring that kind of stuff out yeah a youtube video that you'd made yeah because like i was really really like into the game and like i was like i played the spelunky like back i guess I, I was in high school at my friend's place on the original on the original xbox and i just remember loving it back then it wasn't very good at all 
And then fast forward, I'm on my PC. I download it. I start playing it there. I was terrible at this game. <laughs> I'm like, but I love it. It's so much fun. I man, I managed to actually get to the temple in Spelunky 1. And I'm like, yo, I made it. This place is cool. Yo, what's that block moving toward? I'm dead. <laughs> because they have like essentially thwomps in the game with these eyes on it yeah. that if you stand in front of them they move in your direction and they immediately crush you so the temple was just notorious for being like you will just die here and that's just spelunky at its core though because you don't know what's going to kill you until it kills you right exactly yeah. And, but yeah i ended up um when spelunky 2 came out it became a playstation 4 exclusive for a little bit so i said mm -hmm. fuck it i'm just gonna buy two copies of it i don't care i want to be at the height of the un not knowing anything for spelunky i want to be with oh, the yeah. community with this yeah so i yeah. bought it downloaded it, got my capture card working i plugged it all up i wasn't even using my capture card at this point despite owning it for like almost four months so i was like <laughs> fuck it I'm just, I'm just gonna like actually use what i dropped 200 dollars for on and i recorded a bunch of footage of me basically just playing it and I'm like, I'm a novice spelunker. I'm no, I'm by no means any, like, I'm not good at this game, like, at all. But I'm on the line. I'm willing to get better. I'm willing to just go the distance to see if I can improve upon my skills. And if I could share any knowledge that I have and give it to the people from the perspective of someone who was a novice, then I kind of want to put that out there in the world. Because there really wasn't any guides that I saw online. So I kind of, like, I spent, like in a week and a half just like no life and trying to figure out a dopey premiere to make this video and then i hit up joff and i'm like yo can i use that clip because that clip was like really really good <laughs> and then i threw it in the video and it's still up on youtube it doesn't have like a lot of views like at all and that's because that's just the nature of like youtube so I, I didn't even care about really like the end result i cared more about the fact that i just kind of got this done i was just being persistent yeah. and that is something at its core with spelunky that i love a lot is that it basically teaches the player persistence because you mentioned the job about it being a roguelike but mm -hmm. it's essentially the most classic of roguelikes that you can basically get because there's like roguelikes and then there's roguelites and they're right. basically yeah. different so like spelunky if you die you legitimately start over you go back mm -hmm. to the beginning of the game you got four hearts four bombs and four rope that's it Mm -hmm. But like in games like, say, Dead Cells, Hades, um, what's another rogue like? Really a good chunk of the mainstream ones, even if you die, you are still making like procedural like progress. Like you're still like right. moving forward. You're moving the needle further to the point where mm -hmm. you will eventually win the game. And yeah. some games do this balance better than others. So like another one would be like Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy is another game where if you die... You'll just like get money, you can upgrade your base, you get stronger, get new classes, all this stuff. But it'll get to the point where the game becomes almost too easy because you're dying so much that it kind of detrivializes like it trivializes the game basically. Yeah. Splunk, that's just not the case. It's kind of like the game's never going to like give you the victory. You have to mm -hmm. earn it yourself. And I love it 100%. because of that. Yeah. I mean, there is like the, about the most progress you can make in between runs and Splunk is that you can unlock shortcuts. Yes. Um, but the that shortcuts are really only there so that you can, if you want to, practice the later levels because you don't you don't get any of the achievements if you use shortcuts. It's basically just a way for you to jump in and go like, well, I want to I want to do a couple of runs of the temple right now just to see, so that I'm not uh, spending right. like half an hour trying to get to the temple. 
uh, and then dying immediately to the next thing that wants to kill me. I'm just going right. to like jump there and just have a wee, you know, mess about in there and see what's going on in there. And um, you, you'll never want to use the shortcuts in a proper mm, run of yeah, no. because you, you miss out on getting all the items before then, and it kind of it does it handicaps you because you you're still yeah. limited to like four bombs and four ropes and you're in the end game so it doesn't really work out because like by the time you get to like say the jungle or the volcano or like stage two and spelunky two because like mm -hmm. i guess i can speak about that in spelunky two the unique thing they did in this that's different from its predecessor is the fact that you get to decide which route you want to go in that current run because you start in the first level which is called the dwellings then you get to these two doors after you beat the first boss you can either go to the jungle or you can go to the volcano the jungle was from spelunky like one and the volcano is this whole new stage that they made for just this game but each mm -hmm. one has the different kind of like flavors and flares to them that makes them like compelling to go to either one it just determines on what you're trying to accomplish in said run. You want to go to the black market because if you go to the black market, you can get a shit ton of items by either robbing them or you can buy them like a normal person. Well, actually, robbing them is the normal person option. Um, <laughs> the, or you the the, <laughs> and then you go to the <laughs> volcano and the volcano is like, yeah, you can instantly die because it's got like lava everywhere. But you can um, like save like this vampire hunter dude, and he'll like give you a diamond, and then he'll help you go kill Dracula, and then you can go steal Dracula's like cape, and now you have like these cool bat wings that give you like a double jump, and like so like both sides have the kind of like perks, and that yeah. even continues into like once you beat like the the third the second boss of Spelunky Two, where you could decide if you want to go to the temple or go to this new stage, which is called the Tide Pool. And same mm -hmm. thing, both of them have their perks, some of them ha and some have their drawbacks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a way of balancing the the gameplay, I suppose, isn't it? Like you don't want a, like a weapon or something like that. It's just going to wreck the game and, and be totally overpowered. And yeah. you, you actually kind of mentioned, you said balance, and that actually just reminded me of something. Because you've played more of the original game, Joff. Um, would you say that the shotgun has been balanced at all in Splunky 2? Because it almost seems like that was the end-all, be-all weapon in the original. Game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they made so yeah they, they made some interesting decisions. Um, where In the first game, basically, there was like a set amount of like items that you could get that would like basically be the best items you can get in the game if you ever found a jetpack you were getting the jetpack because there was literally no reason not to use the jetpack uh, if you could get your hands on a shotgun you would get a shotgun because it was the best weapon in the game you can shoot folk from ages away and um, in spelunky 2 they they realized i guess that making those items so powerful was was a bit of like a problem the items are still in Splunky 2, but now whenever you're wearing a jetpack, if you touch any kind of heat source, your jetpack's going to explode. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you get the shotgun, um, there's a bit of like kickback to the shotgun, and there's also certain enemies that can <laughs> uh, <laughs> repel bullets back at you. Like There's robots, or there's shields, or there's certain uh, laser beams that will just fire shots back at you. And I found that out the hard way, <laughs> Yeah, as you do. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I'll, I'll, 
I just remember something though, because you said that about the uh, the shotgun and how it now it has a recoil. Something that I learned pretty early on is that they added that new item, the power pack, and the power mm-hmm. pack is literally the thing that addresses the new change that they made to the shotgun. Because if you have the mm-hmm. power pack, you have no recoil, so mm-hmm. it gets rid of that nerf that they put into the game. So a new item was basically spawned because they had a design decision to like address the issue that they saw from the previous game. Which is yeah. pretty cool. The, the power pack is an interesting item because, yeah, it makes like it makes shooting the shotgun easier. You can shoot it faster. You can shoot it while on a rope without falling off the rope. Mm-hmm. It makes your bombs super big. It makes your whip uh, like a fire whip, kind of like a, like Castlevania or something like that. Yeah, um, nice. And it makes it super powerful, but it's still a, a big pack of energy on your back. And if you touch a heat source or if you get hit by a single bullet, it's going to blow up on you. Um, so yeah. it makes you like a glass cannon, basically. I never um, use it. No. There's just items you don't. There's just some items you don't use in Spelunky, yeah. but I think that's it, like depending on the player and just kind of like their play style. Mm -hmm. I like kind of I've grown to start loving the teleporter even though I know the nature of the teleporter is that you're going to get yourself killed yeah if (laughs) if, if I'm trying to do a specific thing on a run I will avoid the teleporter at any you know at all costs but now and then if you come across like they they added the teleporters are like a backpack item in this Mm -hmm. game whereas before it was like a you you can only hold one item at once and there's certain items that sort of make your general movement abilities better like high jump boots make you jump higher spike boots let you stomp on enemies and kill them immediately um the compass will show you the exit to the level um, mm-hmm. but then there's certain items that you have to hold um and spelunky is all about a game about holding things you always want to be holding something <laughs> whether yeah. it's like a rock or like a pot or something because you're springing traps with like rocks that you're throwing you're throwing things at enemies you're holding a shotgun and in the original game you told onto a teleporter item and that would basically blink you a couple of like i think it's like eight blocks in any yeah, direction um, but you need to be super careful because you can very easily just teleport yourself into a wall and die immediately That's yeah. but in Splunky 2 they added the teleporter as a backpack item so it's like you can do that and hold on to something at the same time and it just it opens up things immensely so there's and, it, and it's also cool with the, the telepack is that it does function differently from the uh, original teleporter because it can also save your life kind of so if you fall onto spikes while wearing the telepack it will auto teleport you somewhere Uh, else and keep you from dying but that also applies like like that recently Mm -hmm. same here see that that's what i like about it like you could play the game for hundreds of hours and not know that yes yeah yeah. (laughs) so there's just so much in the game that you just have to like experiment like try getting in lava with your lava dog like stuff like that and yeah um, there's all kinds of like like hidden physics interactions between all the items that you only kind of discover as you as you keep playing um Mm -hmm. it sounds it sounds silly but um in the in the jungle level of spelunky 2 there is like thorny Mm -hmm. blocks right on the ground and normally if you don't have anything you stand on that you take damage right um and i if you if you if you've got the spike boots item you can walk on it without taking any damage and that kind of makes sense in your head right because you're kind of like right Uh, and the spike boots also make it so that in the ice level you can walk on ice without slipping and because they're spike boots and that that makes sense Mm -hmm. um 
But what I didn't realize is that the, the jump boots that make you jump higher also allow you to uh, walk along the spiky thing in the jungle. Um, yep. I'd, I'd, I'd never even tried to do it before, and then I realized, oh, yeah, they're just boots. They just, like, protect your feet. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's what I really like. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, that was that was it. Uh, I was just going to say, the um, that's what I like about Spelunky, is that the game does, like, a very basic tutorial, while at the same time telling you the backdrop of, like, the lore of the world. And while you're doing that tutorial, that's the only tutorial you're going to get in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Everything else in the game, you're going to have to figure <laughs> out on your own. And I completely appreciate that. Because I feel like we've gotten to this moment in like gaming where they hold your hand way too much. Mm-hmm. And I just don't really... like. Let me experiment. Let me fail. Because through failure, I can learn. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, oh, that killed me? Okay, now I know not to do that again. Yeah, yeah. There's a learning experience. Um mm-hmm. I, I must admit, I've not played that much of Spelunky. Um, it, is, um, it, is, it has been announced for, for the Switch this year, mm-hmm. um, which yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to. And it's, I think it's the perfect place for it. Like you said, with, with your Vita, um, sure. the, it, it's, it's going to be the perfect place for it. So I'll probably get more into it there. Uh, I am a fan of roguelikes, like obviously with Hades, um, but especially like Binding of Isaac, which is one of my all-time oh, favorite yeah. games. Oh, sure. Um, very similar things, like... Um, like there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of items um, mm-hmm. that you can use and, and, and mix with different ones and um, it's just it, it makes for an almost never ending um, story, a never ending learning experience it's, it, it's, it doesn't happen very often but when it does and they do it so well like Spelunky um, it's just fantastic and yeah. briefly on a uh... Binding of Isaac, they're doing a big update, and I think like next week. I think they're releasing yeah, next week. Last. Yeah, uh, yeah, repentance, it's called. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, it's been a while. Since yeah, the last one, I think. Can't wait for that. It's going to have a proper co-op mode, and yeah, very excited. But I'll go talk about that on the next uh, next podcast. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, see before we cool. move on from Spoon. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. can I just touch on? So obviously there is like, you can complete the game, just straight up, get to the end boss, kill the end boss, get to the end of the game. And that's hard enough to do the first few times you start playing Spelunky. Mm-hmm. Um, in Spelunky 2, they, they took like the idea from the original, which is like, there's some optional objectives that you can do throughout the level. So you'll maybe do something in the caves, you'll get a certain item. That item will then let you get another item and that item will let you get another item. And then by the end of the game, you can then, instead of killing the final boss, you can use that item to get up to like a secret area that you wouldn't otherwise get to, and you get a whole other set of items, uh, other set of levels, and another hidden boss. And then they took it a step further in Splunky 2, where you can continue doing like a chain of uh, quest line and get to an even further secret area that basically just never ends. So it doesn't yeah. have an ending. Um, it's like an area where it's just like you're just the only goal is to continue going as far as you can, and it's just all. I haven't I haven't even got to that part yet. It's blocky too. I um, haven't even <laughs> gotten to the first secret where you go above the end boss. I can't even get there yet. I always fuck up in some regard. It's ridiculous. Level boy, mate. This this week, literally like two nights ago, I got to the secret boss. I had this. I had the super secret item, level boy. I put it oh, up shit. in the corner. I was I was I was bombing away. I was about to kill the hidden boss. I was like, "This is it." I'm going to get to the the super super secret area, and then the 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 boss got me. I fell on some spikes. I fell on some uh, spikes. Like an absolute loser. <laughs> no. But it's the closest I ever got. 
Um, and so, you know, it's all, there's always something to work towards there. But in addition to that, there is like, um, there's all the achievements that you can get in the game. So there's like achievements mm -hmm. for getting, um, what, you know, I did it recently. I, I just, I'm bringing this up because I want to brag. <laughs> Go for it, dude. It's the place to do it. I, I yes. got like a, what's called a low scorer run. So it's basically you complete the game without picking up any single bit of money, any bit of treasure, any bit of gold. Um, which might sound simple in the face of it, but in Spelunky, gold and treasure is everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Um, there's some gold hidden in the walls. Anytime you bomb, you need to basically duck and run for cover because you're just getting blasted by gold everywhere. Um, there's like hidden gems everywhere. It's actually quite difficult to do. Uh, and I did it. I did it the other day. But there's like a, a million different ways to, to play a run of Spelunky. Uh, and just depending on what you want to do that run, you might want to be like unlocking a shortcut, unlocking characters. You might want to just get to a certain area. You might want to. They, they, they just added so much to Sublinky too. It's like there's so much to play there. I've already gotten my money's worth like ten times. Oh, yes, out of that game. Also, the kind of I guess the last note maybe on Spelunky. Um, but the thing that they made amazing in Spelunky too is the fact that you can actually play it co-op legitimately, like oh, online. Yeah. Because in Spelunky one, yeah, it existed, but it had this system where basically one, it was only couch play only. And mm -hmm. the first player would be like the flag holder. And they'd be holding the flag so they controlled the camera. So everyone had to stick together on the screen, otherwise you just kind of walk off and you can't even see where you're going. But that's not the issue. Ah. That's not the case in um, Splunky 2 because now everyone is the controller of their own camera. So it's just like everyone's just sort of running around doing their thing. So Joff and I have played a couple of times in co-op and it's just pure chaos. And, yeah. oh, you know, good cooperation. In some ways, it can make <laughs> the game easier and in some ways, it can just make it infinitely harder. <laughs> right. And even on that, when it comes to balance, they did a good job of that because so say if you have four people in your run, you start, we start normally with four bombs, four hearts and all of that. They switch it up. So now everybody only has one bomb and one rope. You all have four hearts, but the, the amount goes to everybody instead. Mm -hmm. it, it gets mm -hmm. kind of spread out. Also, my dog is just whining outside. <laughs> not sure if you can hear it yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that's cute it's all good um yeah i mean um just before we we, we do wrap up which uh, we are running out of time um do you think there's going to be another spelunky game do you think do you think there should be do you think there's going to be like obviously there's there'll be adding um i'm assuming there's going to be dlc for it um, yeah, man. Anything nah. like I think it's just done. It's done. It's done. I mean, yeah. I didn't expect them to make a Splunky too. Right. But, right. Yeah. Um, I think based on just how much they've added to this game and how tight it is already, and how well made it is, I don't, I don't really want them to be adding DLC to it. Yeah. To be yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, it's just like it was like a game released, and it's a very well made game, and it has a few things it does that it does very well. You know. Um. I don't know if you feel differently about that little boy. Maybe you want more DLC. Oh no! Like I, like if it, I don't even think Derek, you would want to make another Spelunky, mm -hmm. like Spelunky three, because I think he's mm -hmm. trying to work on like a different product right now. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that like he he did what he did best. He made the best version of Spelunky that you can basically get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, he's coming yeah. out on Switch, like you said, this summer. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. I think that's the point, right? Like, he made, like, he's, we're talking, like, eight years between Spelunky and Spelunky 2, mm-hmm. right? That's almost as long as we wait for a Pikmin game, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, uh, he made it, and it, it was amazing. And there is constant, like, updates and patches and stuff. Like, they've, they've changed yeah. a few things since release. They've changed a couple of, like, boss battle behaviors because some people were cheesing it in a certain way, and they were like, oh, well, that's yeah. not all that they wanted. Um, but I think it's in a very good place. Um, and I think that being said, like, that means that it can be then ported to different consoles, and hopefully mm-hmm. it will remain available to play on as many devices as possible you know in the future yeah cool um yeah um that that's very interesting i really like spelunky the the, like we we didn't really touch on it there but the artwork like the art style oh yeah super cute and you would not think it was such a i hate to use the term but hardcore game um it is it the the art style is fantastic i really like it the music is fantastic it just gets stuck in your head um, mm-hmm. as well so yeah. that's actually just i guess the last last thing is that the, <laughs> the the art when they showed off the trailer for spelunky 2 that was a bit controversial because i remember people complaining yeah. about the art style in spelunky 2 oh really uh, and i think and i think they made some tweaks to the original trailer but it's still pretty much what they showed there and i kind of i love the art style in spelunky 2 it looks really good I've I've done a total one eighty on it. Yeah, I don't know. When they first released the trailer for Splunky Two, I thought it looked, it was it was a lot more, uh, cartoony. I guess a bit mm-hmm. more. The the first game is very, it's hand drawn, but it's, I guess it's quite detailed. A lot of contrast. It's hard to describe. You can if you look at comparisons between Splunky One and Splunky Two, you you immediately see it. And so I thought it was mm-hmm. a bit. It just looked a bit more, blocky and a bit less visually coherent but since it released I, I it's like i don't know what it is i just i can't see it anymore i don't know what it was that i was seeing in the original trailer but nowadays i look at the original spelunky and i'm like that looks a bit messy to be honest yeah, yeah. clean and like visually coherent which i think is important in spelunky because there's another achievement you can get for completing the game in under eight minutes or something or under 10 minutes and the 10 minutes um, and i completed it in six and a half minutes Oh, some people have done it like two, like two minutes yeah. and thirty seconds. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's got to be a game that you can read at a glance because there's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. Excellent. And um, thanks very much for that, Joff. That was uh, very, very interesting. When we come back, we'll be back uh, in just a few seconds, a few minutes. Um, we will be back to talk about Level Boy's game of choice. Uh, that he loves. Uh, but thank you very much for that, Joff. I really enjoyed that um, chatting thank about you. Uh, Spelunky. While we're on our break, I'm going to do a run of Spelunky. I'm going to complete it in under five minutes. All right. Do okay. it. Right. Well, let's do that. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do that, and we'll let you know when we come back. Okay. Thank okay. you. <laughs>
welcome back uh, to part three of the Gaming Den podcast. Um, we've just spoke about Spelunky at length and it was fantastic. Uh, and now we're going to speak to our first international guest, Level Boy. Um, and he's going to talk about a great game that um, has been very popular, in, especially in the community of late. So, Level Boy, which game is it you're going to talk about? We're going to be talking about Vust. The game where you wake up naked and afraid. Day one of you playing the game. It's freaking ridiculous. But no, real talk. It, it is a really, really fun game. Um, my actual first experience playing Rust was when it was still in early access. And Rust is made by the studio and publisher called uh, Face Punch Studio. And they actually make a really big game in the PC world, and that's Gary's Mod. So this is like mm. their first game post Gary's Mod. And I this did is not know that. I did yeah. not know that they made Gary's Mod. So like they they even like reference Gary's Mod in Rust by like giving you like a what's called like the tool gun, which is in Gary's Mod. So and that's a I'll get into that later. But beside yeah. the point, um this was like kind of like their way of trying to respond to the hype that was like survival games. So it has a lot of what was popular, like in games like Daisy and like Armor Two, which were games that you they're like sandboxes. You pretty much do whatever you want within within it. But well, Rust kind of like has its sort of like uniqueness um, is the fact that you you start off naked and afraid. You have nothing. And yeah, one sec. And um, you have to essentially just gather resources. And what typically happens on a public server for like Rust is that you spawn on the beach, you have no idea what you're doing, you're walking around, and then two seconds later you're dead because, <laughs> no, because someone else killed you. That's just the nature of the game. It, the game kind of has this sort of uh, like kill or be killed mentality to it. So it's like people would just get kicks out of beating up the person who just started playing the game. And I was one of those unfortunate souls when I got Rust back in the day. I was just trying to play with my friend Kat. And we were just sort of like wandering around trying to like, you know, get our bearings. And we died a couple of times. And then we came across this one dude who was trying to kill my friend Kat. And then I like quickly just get like a spear and just like chuck it at the dude's head. And he just drops <laughs> And we were like losing it. We're like, oh my God, we just killed someone. He's got a bunch of stuff on him. So we just like gather all his shit and we like run off somewhere, go like make a base so we can like just stay in a little safe location. So we're like making our first base. Things are kind of going well-ish. And all of a sudden, while we're just sort of hanging out in the house, the freaking front, like entire wall and door just blows up because someone just threw C4 at our house. And then all I see is this naked man just jump through like the, the no longer door, immediately shoot my friend with like a shotgun, turn around and then shoot me. And I'm like, okay, I, 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 I guess this is rust. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really sure if this is my thing. And what kind of, one of the things about rust is that it's pretty much always on. Like if you log out, you are technically still in the world. So your body, your character will just drop on the ground and they are sleeping, but they are still an object or a container in the world. So anyone can just walk up to you and just take your stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's very much like a 
the game always incentivizes you to be kind of a jerk a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is not exactly like fun. And I wasn't really like like I, I don't want to have to be like tied to this game and always have to be playing it because I know I know I'm gonna lose my house. Because you can like make a base and you have like this tool cupboard and you put like supplies in it to maintain your base, but if you don't put the raw materials in it then it will just slowly decay over time and then it'll just become like abandoned structure and then someone can just swoop in and take your stuff or take the spot that you laid claim to um it kind so, of sounds like it's just slanted towards making sure everyone has a bad time <laughs> for the new for the new people it's like you, you get kind of like folks who like, like i mean if you can go to like the main page of like Rust the website, and it literally says survive, co- um, cooperate, and raid. Everyone wants to kill you. You need food, shelter, and weapons to prevent that. Like that's literally like the like that's the point of the game and what you're supposed to do. Um, so now fast forward a little bit. Uh, Jojo Twitch she gets like this community server up and running, and kind of opens it to the public. And Octorob actually posted in the Discord saying, like, hey, is anyone going to jump on this? And I saw it, and I'm like, eh, I'm already kind of interested in playing Rust again because it was starting to gain popularity in the Twitch community. Everyone was playing it, but the way that they were playing it, they were treating it almost as essentially a life sim or like a role-playing sim. Everyone was sort of making their own kind of content, player-driven stuff that they want to do. Some dude was like, I want to be a trash man. So he just like collects trash and shit from people. I was like, oh, I want to go like... I don't know. I want to be like a highwayman. I want to be like a like a bandit. But he's like not an asshole about it. But they are being a bandit. So like, oh, I'm gonna go rob you. Like, haha, I took your stuff, and they run off. They don't like super mess with you like in the typical server. But it's all like in good kind of like fun. Um, so she opens up the server. Octava posts it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna join in. I want to see how it goes. See if it's any fun. And because I am international based, and the server's set pretty much on the other side of the world for me. The time zones were a little different. So when I logged on the first night, nobody was there. Like it was really just kind of me and some like, <laughs> like scragglers. I ran to a couple people. The The only like encounter that I remember from my first night, because I woke up naked and afraid, uh, I was just walking around trying to find a place, trying to find a base. I found some like left behind base. I made it my own. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll live here now. I nearly died to like a bear I'm freaking out. I have like no food. And then I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to this town over here that's in the top corner. So I make my way all the way there. And all the while, while I'm doing this, I kind of get this kind of like fun idea. It's like, I'm just going to like write down what's currently happening to me and like my current thoughts about the matter. Because you can like make these note, like these sticky notes. So I would make a bunch of sticky notes and just sort of write down my thoughts about like, oh, I woke up today, day one. I'm like struggling to survive. I nearly got killed by a bear. Uh, I'm just trying to get my bearings. Um, so then I go all the way, like God intended. So then I go all the way to the, to the, uh, to like the bandit base and there's a bunch of vendors there. And then I'm just kind of walking around and then I see like this water. Oh my God, is that water toxic? Can I walk in it? Can I not like, I don't know. I don't know what any of this game does. And then I see like this dude in a hazmat suit, him and his friend just running through the water. Like they own the place and just like, just speed, speed running. And they run over to me. They're kind of like, Hey, the, uh, the gambling is rigged. And I'm like, what? But so it's rigged. The gambling is rigged. And then they get into a car, drive the car, crash into a tree, then immediately just drive off. 
I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, like you gave me no context about like, what do you mean the gambling is rigged? Like, what's going on? So I'm immediately curious about what the hell is going on. Like, I'm just going to write this down in the note, kind of like, apparently these people told me that the gambling is rigged. Not sure what it means, but I guess it's a scam. Um, and because I kept writing these notes, I'm like, you know, I should just, you know, share these with people. It's like, oh, look, they got mailboxes in the game. That's cool. You can put little sticky notes in them. So I started like just putting sticky notes in people's mailboxes about what I've been doing during my time in Rust on the server. And um, oh, where was I going to go from that? Oh, all right. So like I'm just slowly and slowly just making more and more of these notes and just kind of passing them about. And oh, that's what it was. I was basically inspired by, I'm not sure how much, if you guys play like Fallout or any of those games where you kind of have like left behind notes from like people of the past. Yeah, so, yeah. Like the like, one, essentially. It's kind of like you don't know what happened to this individual outside of what is told through these notes. So you have to like fill in the gaps, kind of like what happened? How did they get in the situation? This is really cool. This is interesting. So, so I would even like date these kind of like this is note one note two, note three. And then I would just sort of like make like storage containers in random locations, just put the notes in there for people to just come across and find. So they would just walk by, see a note and read it. And I didn't really think too much about it, but like, I'm just going to keep passing out these notes and post my feeling, my feelings. And eventually people would be like, oh, hey, I actually saw one of these notes. You're that, um, you're that Gene Paul person. I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. I'm Gene Paul. I am um, just, you know, I'm trying to survive. I'm just, you know, you know I'm just doing my day-to-day -day thing. And then more and more people started to like find the notes and they actually started to get a kick out of it. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just kind of like a journalist in a way. So I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to be like the Rust server journalist. So I would actively go around and like just try and meet people and just interact with, see what's going on. What's the news of the land? And then this is how I came across like other like streamers and how I got to like run into like Joff and then I ran into like Cater Cakes who invited me into her base and then I got to meet some people there and then it, I ended up hearing about 1030 and then all this commercial like, like the, <laughs> my first like interaction with Kate I'm pretty sure she was complaining about 1030 so I was like <laughs> something happened here and I don't know what the story is so then I walk over to wherever apparently he had his whole like base or whatever where he was hanging out and they're having like a whole seance and he's like playing the piano i'm like what the fuck is going on like there's so much going on on the server people are just sort of like living their like second life here it's freaking amazing people need to know about this so i'm just writing down what's kind of like happening and as the tension was sort of like rising factions started to form you had like dandotopia and like dantopolis i think it was dantopolis that's what it's called and like 1030, he was like painted as like the villain of the server, and which apparently all started off a complete misunderstanding. And then so it became, so he says, so it became this whole thing. And then for me, it's like, yo, I just want to be a neutral party. I just want to be that guy who's just trying to report on the news itself. I even purchased the DLC that gives you a camera. So I would go around like taking pictures, just like pointing on the news all the while I'm like streaming this. So people will like, come into my stream and being like, yo, yo, like, I, I, I wanna see the news. I wanna know what's going on, I wanna know what's going on. I'm like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just doing my thing. And all the while I'm still writing my reports, just like sending them out into the world. And then I, one of the like couple of noteworthy things like i had my first interaction with 1030 is that he basically wanted me to spread basically propaganda about how cool he was <laughs> and then i was like um 
okay, well, um, I'll just like, I'll, I'll do a report on this. And I put like in quotation marks that this was quote unquote news, but not really news because it's glorified <laughs> propaganda. And I think it was Toasty who basically heard about this. And she was like, that's just, that's just, that is just propaganda. It's like, are you working with 1030? Like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm like, I labeled it as such. Like, I'm just trying to report on everything that is going on. And I got so like wrapped into this world of being like a journalist that I ended up becoming like a wartime photographer slash journalist because the tensions, everything around me were just slowly, slowly getting bigger and bigger. One of the papers I wrote was basically like the man they called Joff. And he like, and like, that's because the first interaction I had with Joff is that he was riding on a horse with like bone armor and people kept talking about how he was like a villain. <laughs> like they were painting you as a villain, Joff. And I was like, wait, yeah. wait, wait, how is my friend a villain? Like, what's, what's going on here? And then, um... Oh, what the fuck happened? I'm kind of just rambling because it's all like coming back to me because that shit yeah. like, it, it felt so real. And it was what you're so trying to describe is like a week's worth of like in time real life events, man. It's right. Like, it feels yeah. like I legitimately was interacting with these people and it was so yeah. surreal. Like I even like so like the Mac Shack, he like kind of was my rival throughout the entire like session of the the Rust like season one, because he was partnered up at 1030 and he was like reporting on everything that he was doing, taking photos from him, kind of painting him in a good light. And he was known as the photographer. And then I was the journalist. And it kind of got to this point where like some people would call me like, like the villain to him or, and I'm the villain, like in kind of vice versa. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. and I, um, there was one time where basically I was trying to just report on what was going on with Dandotopia. And I was just walking around. There was a bunch of people who were like, I guess, trying to take pot shots over at the base itself. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to like see what's going on. And there was another person, like a third party, who was also trying to be like a journalist kind of dude. And so we were all just hanging up on this thing. We were just kind of like chit-chatting, talking. And the people down and in the Danotopolis, they saw this and they just started opening fire like an everybody on the on the hill and people were just getting shot up left and right and i'm like freaking out i'm like ducking dodging bullets and shit and the dude who claimed to be a journalist was just shouting kind of like i just wanted to tell the news like i just want to just want to report on what's going on and then yeah and i'm like looking around like crouching kind of like hey bu- hey buddy you all right is anybody new? okay he's dead all right they're all dead um this is traumatic I'm going to write this in my news report. <laughs> and I run off. Next day, I go back to the base and I'm like, hey, like, I just want to kind of get report. The moment I roll it up on the base, like 1030 is like talking with like, I think he's talking with the Mac Shack and someone else about like base structure and like making sure things were fine. And they're like, whoa, 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 what do you want? What do you want? And I'm like, I'm just a news reporter. I'm just trying to tell the news. I'm just trying to tell the news. Um, and then um, like, I, like, like 1030 was like, okay, yeah, you, you can tell the news. You can tell the news. Like, like, I got a picture of him. He's like, just tell people how great like this was and like how like there was a miscommunication when it comes to like the firing on the press. Because like, I, I talked about what happened the day before. I'm like, yesterday, people who were members of the press got killed like by the people from this base. Like, is that going to happen when the big war happens between the freedom fighters and like the Danotopolis? It's kind of like, you know, no, no, nothing. Nothing's bad. It's going to happen. We, we love the media. The media is all great. All that stuff. And then by the end of the interview, he, I was like, okay, cool, cool. I was like, yeah, I'll make the report. Thank you for your time and all that. And he was like, cool. Um, can you just say glory to Danotopolis? And I'm like, um, I, I can't really, because if I say that, then that makes me like 
Like I'm no longer neutral anymore if I'm glorifying one of the factions. And he was kind of like, all right, fuck you. Uh, you cannot use any of anything that we talked about in this interview. If you talk about this, then I'm going to paint in that slander and you, I'm going to have my lawyers come after you. And I'm like, wait, what? And he was like, all right, no more questions. And he just walks away. And then the Max Jack kind of like blows up. He's like, hey, hey, come over here. Come over here. I'm going to have a conversation. And him and I were sort of like talking back and forth. And he was kind of like, yo, if you can get me any information regarding like Joff or Kate or any of the people of the resistance fighters, you can let me know. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I can't really do that because again, that would break my neutrality. And also, aren't you like a journalist as well, the Max Shack? Don't you claim to be like a journalist? Um, it seems like you're favoring one side over the other. Like, like I feel like you know you're not exactly doing like the the code of being a journalist well. He was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he pulls out a gun on me. He's like, get the fuck out of here, scumbag boy. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, I fucking knew it. I knew that guy was a traitor. And then I just like run off. I'm like, I'm going to tell people about this. And then I told people about like what happened there. And then it just, it didn't let to like the big all out war between like the both factions. And then it quickly just blew up and people were dying left and right. And then it ended in a pool party. <laughs> And I'm sure Joff can talk about his point of view because by the end of it, I'm like, all right, Gene Paul is, he's signing off one last time. And then I just, I kept delivering news all the while, while I was doing this. I befriended a lot of people on the server. Some people were actively helping me out so I could spread the news because they really loved what I was doing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, I, like the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into the, the entire, like what happened from my state of point of view, but Rust was just like an experience like no other I've had in gaming. <laughs> um, just the fact that like you were like Level Boy was saying, like you were just randomly coming across people and making wee alliances and finding out bits of information and like traversing across the land to get to certain places and they had to have your own little um, little quests or ideas to go on. Um, everyone was just getting so into it that week. Um, that it just it just all came together in a big beautiful mess and it ended exactly how it was always going to end in a lot of like <laughs> tears and like just you know a bit messy <laughs> and a bit like you know um but for a while there it was just like nothing else man um i i, I went into it with like no expectations at all Same. and it blew me away yeah yeah um, i mean i was on the outside of this looking in um because I was really not my type of game. I mean, I, I own it, and I, I, I did log in once, and I was like, I have fucking no idea what I'm doing. So, um, But watching this evolve um, over that week was just fantastic. The characters, Joff was definitely the bad guy. What? was <laughs> not. I was, just, was I was assassinating the Tyrant King, 1030. <laughs> he, was, he was just playing Dishonored. Like he, he was just playing dishonored. <laughs> so can I can I get real for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, without going into like everything that happened, the one thing that truly turned Rust into like an experience I've never had before was, mm-hmm. I think it was like the second night. Oh um, yeah, I was playing, and I wasn't at, I wasn't even streaming, and um, because I wasn't sure about Rust at the time, I, I wasn't sure if it was a game I was going to keep playing. Um, I had a bit of fun the night before, but I was like, I don't know how I would keep that. I don't know. I don't know how I would stream this and play this at the same time. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to log on tonight and I'm just going to play it and see what happens. And um, 
I really regret that actually because the second night I had was probably one of the most memorable. Um, because the the first night things started kicking off because um, there was a bit of like commotion at ten thirty space where he invited me and Kate and Pink Hex in, and then it looked like he was holding us hostage. And then Toasty came to try and free us, uh, and then people started killing people, and you know <laughs> all kinds of blame got thrown around. Um, and then the second night, I think ten thirty had ran with that idea. And he had like his own little crew of, of folk that were like yeah. loyal to him around his base. And I was just I was just building my own wee house on a beach, on Matriarchy Beach. <laughs> I was just building my own wee house. Um, and then one of his wee minions uh, came over to the house and was like, oh, 1030 would, would like to speak to you. Would like to, to speak to you later to talk about what happened yesterday. Uh, and I was like, all right, okay, cool. I'll, I'll make my way over there whenever I can. Uh, and then I just continued on. I went out and got some wood. I kept building my house. And then, like, it came to night in the game. Uh, and then I got a knock on my door. And it was the same wee guy. And he was like, you're supposed to go speak to 1030. Oh, God. <laughs> like, very intimidating. He had, like, a gun and I had nothing. And I was like, you, you need you need to go now to speak to 1030. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, bit spooky, but okay. So I, I got up. I went over to 1030's base. And honestly, I turned a corner. And it was just, like madness at his base there was like uh fire torches everywhere there was all these wee guys with pumpkin hats on mm -hmm. and there was a guy playing the piano there was like a car going back and forth the thing about uh rust as well was that the proximity chat and it just absolutely oh, yeah. makes that game uh, because you can hear people before you can see them um you know, you, you just walk up to someone, start talking to them, and then you walk away and you can't hear them anymore. Um, and it just makes it a very natural kind of experience. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I went up and I was like, holy crap, this is, like, so intimidating. This is actually, like, legit kind of, like, stressful and scary. <laughs> and then 1030 <laughs> sort of, like, um, swaggers out of his base and he's like, all right, Joff, how you doing? Uh, and I was on a horse at the time. And he was like, would you mind coming oh, off the horse? Yeah. Because I'm feeling kind of, like, <laughs> emasculated. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'd rather not. <laughs> and we came to an agreement and then we we're like chatting away. And it was like, so you could have like told Toasty that you weren't a hostage yesterday, right? Why didn't you do that? And I was like, well, to be honest, I don't think Toasty even knew I was there. I think he was, she was just there for Pink Eggs and Kate. Um, <laughs> but then like he, he pulled a gun on me and he was like trying to like intimidate me further. And then I was like, I've got nothing to lose. I pulled a knife on him. And then we were like doing wee circles outside of his base and then all his wee minions circled us and they were like shining flashlights and torches on us. One guy had a chainsaw and I was just like, holy crap, this is like the most scariest thing I've ever played <laughs> in my life, man. I feel like legit, like I've just walked into like that same fear I had of like going under like a wee underpass as a kid and there'd just be like gangs of like guys, you know, you'd be like, you'd be getting shit off people as you were walking by them. I was like, this is yeah. really scary. I've got no allies here. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and and then eventually that all led to something. And and then I got a bit of information off 1030 that he, he let slip when he was when I was out of iShop, but I could still hear him. I, and then I was like, I need to share this information with Roscoe, but I've no idea where he is. Um, so I, I got on my horse and I was like, right, I'm going on a quest. <laughs> I'm going on a quest because there's like a war happening, right? Um, and they were planning a big raid on like uh, this guy called Gibbs, who was like, I, I, he was he was basically working for Ten Thirty, but Ten Thirty was trying to pretend that he wasn't, and he'd killed Roscoe, so Roscoe was having it out for Gibbs, and I was wanting to share that information with him. By the time I found Roscoe, the big war had started, right? 
And 10.30 was still playing as if he was like on Roscoe's side. But when we all charged Gibbs's base, I caught 10.30 running away <laughs> from the sidelines and he ran <laughs> back to his base. Um, and at that point, I was like, right, I'm going to play a different game here. I'm going to play a different game. I'm going to sneak up to 10.30's base. I'm going to have a wee listen to what he's saying to his minions. And I think I might try and assassinate him because <laughs> it's still nighttime <laughs> and it's still dark. Um, and like... Rust doesn't have any kind of like stealth mechanics or anything like that, right? But it does have the proximity chat. It does have the crouching. And every single person is an, an actual other living person, right? You know, it's not, there's no NPCs or anything. Yeah. Or there is, but there's not really. Um, and so, like, I was sneaking up to his base and, like, someone caught me in the bushes sneaking up to his base and they had their gun pointed on me. And I just kind of like, you know, shook my head back and forth and I was like, don't do it. Let me get close. And he let me get close to him, right? <laughs> and so I got up to a rock and I could hear 10.30 giving this big lecture to his minions about how he was going to go to bed and like how everything had went to shit and how everyone thought he was a bad guy. And then I like, I managed to, at this very last moment, like jump up and pop a shot off at him. And <laughs> that was the first assassination attempt. And it just sort of like spiraled from there where my singular goal throughout the entire thing was I just wanted to, I just wanted to kill him as much as I could. <laughs> and I got a few absolute crackers. But the the act of like sneaking up to that base that, that night, man, it was just like my heart rate was going like crazy. Um, it was like the, the stealthy, it felt like real life. You know, it, it felt like a completely natural, like second life sim kind of thing. So, um, so did you do that twice, Joff? Because I remember I was also sneaking with you one time when you we were hanging out with... Uh... Chris Abet. Chris Abet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because she went to go inside and go see 1030 and like have a chat. And we were trying yeah. to see. You were trying to see that if was you could follow her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a similar yeah. night. Yeah, we did that as well. Because <laughs> that, that's actually how I got my first chat with 1030. Because I like ran off to kind of be a divergent. To just go yeah. talk and be kind of like, hey, hey, I want to do an interview. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there, was, there were so many wee moments in that. Um Going back to it though, like Rust for us in general, I think it just, it was like, it was just a cool wee way for like so many people in the Twitch community to just get in and play something together and mm-hmm. just have those kind of like natural experiences where they're just like randomly uh, coming across people and just having wee conversations that you just wouldn't otherwise have, you know, like actual voice face to face almost. Yeah. Uh, conversations with people like I, I've met so many cool people uh, during that week like El Burrito and like mm-hmm. uh, talking with like Pink Hex and LSR and uh, Mr. Balmer and like Kate and like oh. Jordan Rebel jo- and stuff Jordan you know? Rebel yeah. yeah 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 just like so many so many cool people um, but Jordan Rebel was great because he like when people were like sort of like ramping up to do like the war like I remember like Blue Tricks and a bunch of other people were all together. And then Jordan Rebel gives like the Braveheart speech to kind of like rally the <laughs> troops. And he was he was like a bard because he would just go around playing the guitar, just kind of like serenade the people. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. Like, everyone everyone little, had their own wee thing that they were doing. Even Blue Tricks. It's like he was like a bounty hunter. And I thought that was cool as shit. Like he was playing his <laughs> own game. And I'm like, dude, there's a bounty hunter on this server? This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> I fucking love yeah. it. <laughs> Aye. And it's great. And um, watching it is was just fantastic. It was absolutely great. Just there were so many storylines developing naturally. It was just it was just that golden 
moment. Um, it was yeah, it was really really good to watch. And I, while I wish I was part of it, it was like I I don't feel like I missed out because watching people's clips and on their vods and stuff, it was just yeah. great. It was honestly like a good TV show. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. a nice element of it all was the fact that. Because COVID is a reality and we can't go outside, we can't meet people, it kind exactly. of scratched that itch of like Definitely. meeting people and doing things. So mm-hmm. like even like in what I call season two, because in Russ, what they do is that every two-ish weeks, they will reset the entire server. So everybody goes back to ground zero. And mm-hmm. a couple people decided to come back and play season two. I was on the fence myself because I like no life the shit out of season one. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it again. And then I'm like, like an addict. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to see what happens. Jobs playing it. I'm going to join in. And so (laughs) I see jobs playing and then I jump on and then I happen to spawn right where he was currently at. And they were like, we were like, oh, hey, what's up? So we kind of hung out during season two. And we were kind of like neighbors. And he was running basically a convenience store. He wanted to run Trader Joffs, which I mm. thought was cool as shit. <laughs> and, and then he gave me the idea when we were hanging out with Kate because we ran over to 1030 because he wanted to build a church. He wanted to like be more of a good guy, I guess, this time around. So he made a church called the Hempel on the Hill, which I thought was cool as hell. And then Joff was like, you should go make a uh, casino, a place of sin. Like right at the bottom of the <laughs> bottom of the hill, and I'm like, I love that idea. I'm gonna actually do it. So yeah. then that sparked the idea of me being like, I'm just gonna run a uh, a bar and casino called Eden. Uh, my name is Paul Eden. This is one of the many Pauls. Uh, I am just trying to basically run a very very nice establishment. People can come in there. They can gamble. They can play this lovely game called Sin or Win. And what it is is that you bet some scrap, and if you get win, then you can win fabulous prizes. But if you land on sin, then you're lost. And if you want, you can go over to the second wheel, and it has basically three options for winning and one option for sin. So you have a 70% chance to win. So higher mm-hmm. stakes. Um, but the thing is, though, um, you can only spin on that wheel if you sign just a little bit of a contract. And then I would hand them a contract. And in that contract, it would basically say, by signing this, you now relinquish your soul over to Paul Eden of the bar. <laughs> and you basically, he now owns it. And people would look at it like, all right. And they would just sign it, hand it back to me. And I'm like, all right, go for it. Go spin. So I basically <laughs> was like the, the devil on the server itself. Yeah. So my whole goal was basically to just like, tempt people with fabulous prizes and like a nice establishment to just get their soul. And so many people just handed it over to me. And I'm like, this is kind of easy. <laughs> <laughs> like people are really quick Amazing. to hand this over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had I mean, a lot of souls by the end. And the, yeah, I managed to get job soul. And like, and the thing is that like some people didn't really understand the context of it all. So they would get tripped up. I mean, if, if you want to talk about your point of view, Jeff, when I got your soul. Uh, yeah, you, know. you totally cheated me out of that, man. <laughs> I will never forgive you for that. <laughs> and then you turned into a lizard, man. I did, because your soul was worth a lot, because you, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I basically evolved, and I got like a new form. And then I ended up getting a part-time job with the Max Jack, because he ended up running a photography business. And then we were doing this whole like job thing. And then I said, hey, well, you want to come over and like, you know, we can play a game. So he also played the game as well. 
And then, you know, Joff couldn't say anything. He couldn't spoil the, the end result. And so he was, you know, he was curious about whether or not he wanted to sign it. And then he said, you know what? Fuck it. It's a Tuesday. I'm going to sign it. So he signs it, hands it over to me, and then I give him the prize. I give him, like, this really cool, like, hat and a Gary's Mod tool gun. He's like, yo, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, cool, cool. You, you enjoy that. You enjoy that. I'll be right back. I have to file some paperwork. And then I would go <laughs> I would go downstairs, and I'm, like, going through my shit. And then Drop and Max Shot, they're kind of like, Drop's like, you know, enjoy it, mate. You, you, you won, but you lost. And he's like, what do you mean? It's like, you lost, mate. You're like, you gave away your soul. And, then, and like that's when it clicked from the Mac. He was like, "Lover boy, like, where's my soul? Like, do, do I get my soul back?" And I'm like, "No, you don't, because <laughs> that like another you signed, you signed the contract." And uh, he just, <laughs> he was like, "Now I'm I am basically the patron to both of you. Well, I basically will you know like if you guys need any help for any of your future endeavors, you now have a friend in me. Welcome to the family." And then he just gives out this kind of like cry of like screaming, no! He's like, you're sick. <laughs> oh, that was cool as shit. Like, that was class. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to Roscoe's crazy maze because Roscoe made a, he kept making like these death trap mazes and they were, oh, yeah. They were, yeah. It was crazy shit. It was a good yeah, laugh. Yeah, there was. There was so much going on. Yeah, there really was. I mean, to bring it back to the, the game itself, there's not, like we've pretty much covered off that you can do pretty much anything in it. Its popularity boomed recently. It's yeah. been out for a, a well, for for some time, and I'm not sure exactly how long. Um, but recently, it's it's obviously boomed. But it's just one of those games. It's completely open ended, but it's about the users of the community, and it really yes. brought the community together. And that's what I really liked about it. Yeah. Um. And like on was, that note, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, on you go. I, I was just going to say, be, like, JoJo Twitch, her and her team did a phenomenal, like, job, yeah, like, yeah. running that server because they learned so much from season one and they continuously learned every single time they reset the server. Because in the first mm-hmm. season, they made it, it was pretty much like standard Rust, but with just some rules. Don't be a jerk. Don't just kill people for the sake of killing people. Like, don't be mm-hmm. a bad egg. Um, but there was nothing stopping somebody from shooting someone on site, which create which created all of the hysteria that happened, like in season one. But in season yeah. two, she said it so basically you cannot like shoot somebody and hurt them unless you're in a PvP zone itself. So these designated areas where you were only able to fight people in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like the they're fact just little that you're able to do that in itself is is pretty cool that right. you can have PvP zones and and things like that like on on your map it's it's really cool. It's the kind of game that I can see definitely coming back at some point, right? Like, oh, I yeah, think definitely. like yeah. there'll be some update at some point, or you know, someone will want to create a new community server, and and you know, it'll and, never truly go away. And and it, it kind of sucks a little bit because like. G, I think this was like season either, I think it was four. Like they did like another, like, you know, wipe it or whatever, but they just opened up the server. They got a new map, but then like a couple of days later, they actually had a huge update in Rust where they added an entire underground transit system, slot machines, and a bunch of other stuff. Like, and it's like, yo, that's really, really cool. One, the slot machine, Mm -hmm. that would have been perfect at Eden. I'm a little little upset because that would have been really cool to have. But the underground transit... Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll go back. All these new stuff, so there will will be like an entirely new game. Pretty much. 
yeah, I mean, with all the dollar they've made over this lockdown period, um, yeah, then they'll they'll be back. I mean, the the console version of it comes out really soon. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, yeah, I didn't even know they were making it, but um, yeah, oh. um, I can't remember when it was. But like at its core, like Rust, I think the way they kind of like sold it in the beginning and how it was for the longest time, it's just a PvP game where you fight mm. other players. So they mm-hmm. kind of encourage the aspect of what I described at the beginning of this segment with them like, oh, I spawn on the beach, you immediately die. Like mm-hmm. that's just the nature yeah. of Rust by itself. But going back to like what JoJo Twitch did for the community, she labeled it RP. Like, okay, this is going to be a role-playing server. The objective here is just to kind of have fun, hang out with people, create a community, play a character, and just go for it. That's how we got, like, Mr. Balmer and Mr. Bim Bim and all these, like, crazy characters that it was just wild. And, like, I'm I'm just very thankful that she created a place to, like, allow even myself just to do that and show like even just my creativity to the world because the shit yeah. that i did season one where i'm like writing down like on pieces of paper and notes and shit like that like journal entries i do that shit like when i'm not even streaming i've been doing this shit for a long time i have like journal <laughs> entries from my playthroughs in skyrim like i just yeah, enjoy yeah, yeah. writing uh, and it's just, a beautiful beautiful gift that she gave to the, the it Twitch really community. was mm-hmm. it came out the right it really time was yeah absolutely it did it was uh, it was pretty fantastic she's she, if, if you're listening to this and you don't know who Jojo is, um, it's J0J0 on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Check it out. She's fantastic. She's the, She started the Neo Network that Joff and I uh, are part of as well. So, uh, yeah. Uh, right. Cool. I think we are out of time. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, thank you very much for that, little boy. That was, uh, I, like I've said this on almost every episode, I really love hearing people that are passionate about a specific game or 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 whatever and you clearly were spe- enamored oh. by rust um, oh, 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 and you took full advantage of it i was just happy that i finally got to play the game that i purchased so many years ago <laughs> so that alone was the like thank you so yeah. much yeah absolutely um it comes out in may on the on the consoles ps4 and xbox one okay. um by the way if you're interested in that um, but yeah, cool. Thanks very much. Thank you for that. Um, so we will wrap it up. Um, we will go up with some plugs. Um, so if you've got anything you want to plug, plug yourself, whatever, um, then please take this opportunity to do so. So Joff, do you want to do yours first? Sure. Um, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash uh, Joffamo. Not Joffamo. J-O-F-A-M-O. <laughs> um <laughs> Where I where I stream as much as I can, um, all kinds of different things. So, uh, quite a lot of art and animation recently, actually. Um, if you're yes, into that kind yes. of thing. Uh, <laughs> and then as for me, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash loverboy14. Lately, my main thing has been doing retro games. I host Retro Wednesdays, where I will be going through like older games at the moment, just Super Nintendo stuff. I've gone through like Super Metroid, Donkey Kong, Country 1 and 2, and now I'm playing The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, which is a game that I've never actually played as a kid. So it's the first like blind playthrough that I've had for this segment of the channel. And then on Fridays and sometimes Saturdays, I stream Saudi Valley, because that's like my chill day. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll be really enjoying your retro uh, streams, by the way. I, I, I know I've not really said it. And I, I, I have been lurking for most of it because, as I say, I've been really busy. But, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed them. Um, I really enjoyed watching it. you play them. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's been a blast. Fun. Yeah. Um, right. And I am the uh, Fox McButt on Twitch. Um, I am Fox McButt on Twitter and things like that, pretty much everything. Um, you can come and join us at the Den. Um, on Discord, the link will be in the description to this podcast. Um, and we are on Twitter at Gaming Den Pod. So please give us a follow. Give us a review on iTunes. Um, just any feedback, tweet us, whatever. Um, any suggestions, anything like that, please do get in touch. Um, it's something that we're all having fun doing. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Um, so yeah, we want to we keep the momentum up. Um, so thank you to my guest, to Joff, to Level Boy. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I've really learned a lot as well. Uh, so thank you for joining, um, and we will see you again next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.